0: This episode of The Doctor's Companion is sponsored by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. To another episode of the Doctor's Companion. This is episode 34. I'm Scott and uh, Randy is going to be on uh, on on Doctor's Companion vacation until uh series 6 premieres sometime in April-ish. Um and until then, we're going to be covering uh classic episodes of uh of Doctor Who and with me I have uh Matt Smith, which is going to be your new uh, co-host uh, while we do this adventure. So, hello Matt. Welcome to the show. Sure.
1: Hi, how you doing? What's going
0: on? Um, all right. So uh Matt, why don't you tell people um what, what what you're doing here and like what what your blog and tell them all about it.
1: Oh, okay. Well um I host this blog at classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com because I was um I started watching the old show and I um <clears throat> sorry, I have a bit of a cold. Uh I uh liked watching these old episodes. And I was pointing out these really random things such as, um, Cybermen walking down the street and having shoelaces. Um, and this girl I know, uh, my co-blogger who blogs from time to time named Cassandra, um, who's my girlfriend. Hello, Cassandra. Um, uh, <laughs> she's sorry. She, she's listening. I think, um, I, she was like, you should blog these. And so I was like, okay, fine. And so I uh, picked them in order. I decided to just popcorn through the stories like we're going to be doing. Um, and I just started blogging them, uh, just talking about old shows, which I love. Um, really going into it and pointing out all the Cybermen walking around in shoelaces, or with moon boots, as we'll also see uh, with other Cybermen stories. Um, so that's classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com I've been doing it for almost a year at this point, and we just talk about the sh- the stories and um, go through. And I I screen cap everything and show you some clips and images from the from the show. And we I post some YouTube sometimes, depending on like. You know, just really cool moments that I think are really cool. Like if the Doctor and the Master ever got into a sword fight, you have to show people that because you can't just be like, "Well, the Doctor and the Master had a sword fight, isn't that cool?" No, it's be like, "Show them the sword fight." Um, so, so um, we and and like you said last week, we've been talking for a while um on Twitter about crazy doctor who stuff like alternate universe adric which we we have to talk about at some point Um, (laughs) oh god dude with like an alternate universe with like a gold sword hunting a cyberman like come on
0: um anyways so so, awesome
1: (laughs) so good when i found that out when i figured that out and i was talking with uh, cassandra she's my real doctor who buddy um we were just riffing and i was just and we just came up with like this crazy stuff um but yeah so so we've been talking and um uh, I've been, I've been really, I've been kind of toying with the idea of doing a Doctor Who podcast, going, like, one episode at a time, um, like, literally just one episode at a time for, like, two years, because that's how many episodes there are, but, uh, you, you, threw out the opportunity for me to come in and talk about some of these, so, uh, I, like, like you said, last week I came up with an order, which I'm sure we'll probably post at least some of, um, going up so that you guys if, at home can, like, watch along if you want to, um, I'll point out which ones I think you guys should listen, or should watch, um, Because some of them are just ridiculously good, and you can watch them without being like, "Oh, let's drive a drill through my brain," um, as (laughs) so so often happens with some of these old stories. Um, So today we'll be talking about the Daleks, Um,
0: real quick. Even before we get to the Daleks, um, I I think uh, everyone might want to hear how you got into Doctor Who in the first place. That's how that's how Randy and I started this show. That was our very first episode. Was us talking about that. So. Um,
1: let's, 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 what's your, what's your origin story? Oh gosh. Well, um, I, I'd, I'd watched, um, back in the old, back in the old days, um, <laughs> called high school. Um, I would watch old, I would watch Battlestar Galactica on a uh, sci-fi or whatever was on the sci-fi channel at that point, maybe Firefly and reruns or something. Mm-hmm. And I would always catch like the tail end of like this weird looking British show. And I would see that, I think sci-fi had just picked up the license to play the episodes. Um, so I was seeing like. You know this image of like bats flying down a a hallway, which was from school reunion, and like Anthony Stewart Head, and I'm like a huge Buffy fan, so I was like, "Who's? Why is Giles in this? And why does he look all mean and evil? And like this really looking weird, weird looking guy with like like thinness? It was like David Tennant just like gulping dramatically, as David Tennant is so wont to do at times. Um, And so I I was like, "Well, whatever. I'm not really that interested. And all these people I know. we're saying no. It's actually really good, and I was like, okay, well, whatever. And then at a certain point, it just got to be hearing so much about it. I was like, okay, fine, fine, fine. So um, I, I asked for the first season of the new stuff, the Eccleston run, for Christmas, um, and I I got it. Um, it was one of the things I got, and I it sat around for three months, and then I was like, okay, well, screw it. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in an episode. So I threw in. I watched like the first three episodes of Eccleston, and I was like, I thought the first episode was okay. End of the World blew my mind. And then Unquiet Dead was just like, okay, well, that happened. Um, and then I <laughs> – That pretty we'll much sums that. it up. Yeah, yeah. well, i will we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Um, but then we talked – about and then um, I, I didn't really I, – I put it down for a while because I was just like, well, that was really disappointing. Um, and I saw that the next one was like, the, just like blowing up Big Ben. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound right. So I didn't really watch it because I was like, they won't really do that. Um, And then I picked it up, I think it was over summer, and I was just really bored, and I was like, well, I really enjoyed the first three episodes that I saw, Um, and so I watched it, and I just couldn't stop watching to the point where I got to, like, you know, Bad Wolf, and there's a bunch of Dalek ships, and I was like, well, crap, this is really good, and the Doctor's saying... Well, no, I'm not gonna let. You, I'm not just gonna stand down and surrender to you, and and I'm coming to get you, Rose. And then there's all these Daleks, and I remember just cackling with how ridiculously good it was. And I I I was like ravenous, and I didn't actually get to watch the rest of the David Tennant stuff for another couple months because I waited till the next Christmas to ask for it because it's expensive. And then I I remember just devouring it and watching like the third season and watching Torchwood, which admittedly is not as good but still fun because i love jack harkness and i got through um i think i got to like uh the fourth season the one with donna and i remember just like i watched the christmas special at like one in the morning and then i watched partners in crime at like two in the morning and then i i went to sleep i woke up at like eight o'clock and i sat down and all i was in my dorm room at the time because i was in college and i just watched it in like one swoop in in like one sitting I watched the whole fourth season I was just like this is the most ridiculously good thing I've ever seen um and then I I remember getting to journey's end and watching um Davros run around and talk about the doctor and Sarah Jane and all this sort of like mythology stuff and I got into like well I kind of want to watch the old stuff and it actually took me uh, like almost nine months to watch to finally get around to it because there was just so much and I didn't know where to start um so I I got the Daleks um because I had heard that the first story, um, an an an, uh, an an earthly child was actually um, not very good, which that guy was wrong. Um, uh, <laughs> I I got the Daleks because I was like, well, I like the Daleks, so let's see how they started. And so I watched it, and I was like, wow, this is this is interesting and a little bit different. Um, and I really, I just started watching, and I got to meet all the Doctors I, I decided to watch in an order very much like what we're watching, at least to start. Um, And I watched all these doctors and I got to know them really well. And I started to watch like all the crazy stories that he got to go on and experience more Daleks and more Cybermen and some master stories and some other stories that like had nothing to do with anything from the new series. And it's just this really great sort of like legacy and the ultimate and like serialized storytelling and television. And I just, I think it's that's exactly what I'm interested in. And it's the thing that got me into, um, like sci-fi and now i'm a huge sci-fi fan because of doctor who and yeah and that really brings me to now when i just i guess i started blogging and that made me really appreciate these old stories that are it's basically like watching classic trek although there's like instead of three seasons of classic trek there's like 26 seasons like all these crazy actors and this show i really like and it's it's just got this legacy and i'm I'm just i love the new matt smith stuff and yeah, it's just I don't know. I just it's the show that I've always been looking for. Is the way that I ex- describe it to people because it, it, the Doctor and the companion just get out of the TARDIS and they're on another adventure, and you don't have to see everything that goes before it. I know people like are like, well, I want to watch from the beginning of An Child, and I was like, oh man, you're in trouble. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I really like the way that it all kind of works together, and I'm now listening to all these crazy audio plays that are put out by this this production company called Big Finish, and and they they do these really excellent like Doctor Who stories with with the old actors including like you know Peter Davison, uh, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, and Paul McGann. And man, like it, it's just like the reclamation of like McGann and Colin Baker in ways that like now they're like my favorite Doctors. And so I'm I'm slowly working through those, and but I listened to way more than I probably care to admit at least. You know, within the first ten minutes of knowing you guys. So, but but yeah, that's really that's really where I come from and and how I really got into it. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk more eventually about like what I think about each doctor. Um, but basically, my t- my favorite doctors are. Um, I really love David Tennant. I think that he's just you know a genius, and I like when the doctor's more human. So that tells all you Tom Baker fans exactly what I think of Tom Baker. Um, although I do think he's really good. There are some really major flaws that I I think we have to point out. Um but I'm I'm a huge fan of like human doctors and a bit of a younger doctor. So like David Tennant is right up my alley. I love Matt Smith. Um and then Davison recently became my favorite because I watched like, what I'm considering the best doctor who story of all time, which is uh, the case of androzani which is his final story and just brilliant. Like just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um and then I love Patrick Troughton, um the second doctor. So those are those are my favorite doctors um at least to start. Um, and you'll see as we go through that I just have undying love for this show. But I'm also able to say sometimes it really sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, really sucks. And and But, you know, within all the suckage, there's moments of these really great sort of story ideas. Like, the worst story, one of the worst stories ever is Time of the Ronnie, and even then that has this really brilliant, gorgeous scene between the Doctor and Mel where the Doctor's trying to figure out who he is, the Seventh Doctor, Sylvester McCoy, and and Mel is just trying to understand what just happened um, and how the Doctor regenerated. And it's this really beautiful scene, it, despite this just mire of just awful, awful, awful storytelling and sets and really, really crazy stuff. But, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's this thing. And as you can see, I'll talk for just hours about it. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to talk more as we go through. But that's, that's basically the, the who I am of it all. Um, and before, before hang on, before before we get crazy people saying that I hate Tom Baker, know that I love Tom Baker. I want to love Tom Baker. I would love him to be my favorite doctor, because if he is my favorite doctor, that makes him awesome. But man, sometimes, dude, sometimes. But we'll, we'll talk about that, I'm sure.
0: Right, uh, right. Um, all right, so uh, before we get started with uh, the uh, William Hartnell episode, The Daleks... Um, I do want to let everyone know that we're from the website GeekShowEntertainment.com, where we like geeky stuff, and occasionally we talk about that stuff on podcasts. Uh, Geek Show Entertainment is a podcast network that has new episodes released Monday through Friday, shows that include The Doctor's Companion, which you're listening to right now, Geek by Night, Geekin', Geekin' Extra, Queen Witch, uh, Movie Night Geek Show, and uh, there's more stuff coming, so... Um, you can listen to those podcasts by streaming them on the website or subscribing to the shows on iTunes. Also, you can go to the website and join our community by commenting on episodes or articles that we regularly post on the site. If you've listened to any of our shows and you like what you hear, even if you don't, help us out by leaving an iTunes review. iTunes reviews are the best way for people to find our shows and decide if they might be worth listening to. And then finally, you can let us know how we're doing with comments, concerns, or suggestions by emailing the show at tdc.geekshow.us. That's TDC as in The Doctor's Companion. Um all right, so uh right before we get to our commentary um of of uh the Daleks and apologies for this episode is probably going to run a little bit longer than normal just because we had to introduce matt of course um thank you but uh we we were going to matt Matt does this thing on his on his site um where he talks about the background and significance of each episode before he kind of gets into reviewing the episode itself. Um, and it's just really cool behind-the-scenes stuff, and, and I'm sure that he's got some stuff for uh, the Daleks, so why don't you talk about the background and significance of the Daleks?
1: Um. Okay, well, the Daleks is the second story ever produced in Doctor Who. It comes after um, a really excellent, excellent first episode uh, called An Unearthly Child, um, in which the Doctor um, and... His uh, soon now three companions, I guess, uh, go up against some cavemen um, for the next three episodes, making this this four episode story. Um, I think it's important to note uh, right off the bat that instead of what we're what most people have think of when they see think of Doctor Who is the modern sort of forty two minute big action sequence. What I mean, the, new, the old stuff has action sequence stuff too, but like you you think of like the new stories, which are like forty two minutes long, and they you know they're usually one part there are some two parters but for the most part they're only about 42 minutes in out pretty clean um these these older stories are they 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 call them serials um so really what we have are basically four to six part stories uh, most of them at least the ones that are really good are generally four parts uh the daleks is the second story um to go in uh doctor who which is kind of significant like you'd think that um the daleks would be you know, like the Joker. In that, the Joker doesn't show up in the first issue of Batman um, or you know Detective Twenty Seven. Uh, the Daleks actually and Doctor Who are the thing that made Doctor Who really impressive. Um, it's written by this guy named Terry Nation who uh, created the Daleks um, and basically wrote a bunch of Dalek stories um, going up
0: through he's still, the
1: He still sh- technically owns the rights to the Daleks too, doesn't he? I think so. Because um, in Dalek, um, the the uh, Christopher Eccleson's story, uh, Dalek, there was a there was an issue where uh, they couldn't get the rights to the Daleks because the nation State was like, nope, we're not doing that, um, and they were going to do it as, like, um, which I think would have been interesting, but not nearly as compelling. Um, but yeah, so it's written by Terry Nation, who holds this real stranglehold on the Daleks throughout their entire life- lifespan, as I'm sure we'll talk about um and Terry Nation (laughs) for those who don't know Terry Nation uh I have I have this thing where I like to call him Madman Terry Nation because he's kind of a loony like (laughs) just an out and out loony um because he created I mean granted he created the Daleks and I love Daleks everyone loves Daleks people who don't love Daleks don't love fun don't write mail please um the um they 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 they're these really great creations and Nation was just like I don't want to see these bug-eyed aliens with tentacles um and running around I want to see something new um, that aren't robots Um, so he created these things and they're this really great design that hasn't really changed so he started with um, he was commissioned to write a six part story um, by um, Verity Lambert who was the producer of the show um, the only female Doctor Who producer and she's kind of amazing but we'll talk more about her later Um, so it was it was designed um, as the second story after the first story being a caveman story which was Um, technically a historical because in the early days of Doctor Who um, it was designed as this really like interesting like children's education program um, or like edutainment and they would do a historical story like the caveman story and then they would do the Daleks and the Daleks would be like a sci-fi story and it's you can even see that in the um, design of the show because the doctor is hanging out with his granddaughter who was designed to be like the the student sort of character um, the character that the kids could relate to. And,
0: um, he even would, though he would... watching the Daleks, I was really creeped out by her just oh, she's yeah. like, she's, she's seriously, she's like 24 playing like a 15 yeah. year old. That freaked yeah. me out.
1: Yeah. It's kind of weird. Um, but, and that's Susan. Um, yeah, Susan. Oh God. We'll talk about Susan. Um, <laughs> um but they, and he also carries along these two, um, teachers, uh, named, uh, Ian Chesterton and Barbara Wright. Um, and Ian and Barbara, are these really great characters. Um, I really love Ian and Barbara a lot. Um, Ian is a... And you can see Ian as a science teacher and Barbara as a history teacher, um, which gives you, like, the sort of... uh, The sci-fi stories would be these... um, Like, teach kids about science. And you can kind of see that in the Daleks. Um, And the historical stories would teach about, like, you know, like, history lessons. And and they'd go and visit the Aztecs and there wouldn't be any sort of sci-fi influence to what was going on. Um, which I think is actually really cool. Um, so Terry Nation was brought in to write this sci-fi story. Um, and it's this really interesting sort of thing where the Daleks showed up and like even today, there's no, I don't think there's ever been as cool an alien design as there has been for the Daleks because they're like, if you just see a Dalek, you're just like, oh, it's so cute. And for some reason they're just terrifying. Like even in the first story, they're just like these really scary things. We'll get to that in in a few minutes. Um so yeah it was originally six parts but it was proving to be like nation was having all these quote unquote great ideas um <laughs> that uh he he they bumped it up to seven parts so it's a bit padded in the middle um as a story that is almost 3 hours long i think i counted it and it was like th- almost 3 hours it's just ridiculously long
0: um yeah it's like it's like
1: 2:45 or something like yeah, that it's it's so long yeah. um so it's, like, this really long story that they have. Um, so so that's basically where it comes from. Um, and it's because of this story, really, that um, Doctor Who got off the ground. Because after this, like, you get to the end of the first episode, and it's just this really terrifying image that is still scary, even today. And after that, everyone was just like, are you watching this new show called Doctor Who? It's kind of amazing. And after that, people just, like, started watching. And it's because of the Daleks that basically um everything took off for doctor who and that's why the doc the daleks appear so often in the first couple seasons and why terry nation was just like this is really exciting i'm gonna go market this and tried to market it without success for his entire life um because it just but we'll talk about that i'm sure um so that's really where it comes from um so yeah um, should we just get into the, like the commentary of it all?
0: Well, uh, before we do that, uh, before we get started with that, I just want to remind everyone that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades dot com. This month at InStockTrades dot com, you can purchase our book of the month, Power Girl: A New Beginning, by Justin Gray, Jimmy Palmiotti, and Amanda Connor. This book is available for only eleven fifteen or thirty eight percent off the suggested retail price of seventeen ninety nine. And remember, all orders over fifty dollars get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades dot com. Oh, um, I love Power Girl. Oh, yeah. So good. Power Girls awesome. And it's uh, pretty. Yeah, it is. Um all right, so uh, I guess without further ado, let's j- jump into uh The Daleks, which is uh written by Terry Nation and directed by Christopher Barry and Richard Martin. Mhm. So, um, uh part 1, which is um I Yeah, this is one of the these early episodes. They used to like title each individual part rather than just calling it part 1, part 2, part 3.
1: Yeah, it it's kind of weird, um but even though they do that, like some of these titles are just so lame. Like just so (laughs) like there's, (laughs) we'll talk about it in, um, in uh, Dalek invasion of earth, which is also a Terry nation story. And like episode five is called the waking ally. And I know people who have seen that story five times. I've seen it twice. I I have no idea what the waking ally is. Like it, is it, is it, is it the doctor? I don't, I don't really know. (laughs) Anyways. Um, so the first episode is called the, uh, the, the dead planet mm-hmm. um, and we come off of uh the the show as it was for the first couple seasons. Every story leads into the next um so this is comes at the end of the caveman story, and if you watch and look, everyone looks like they've just been through like hell, like Hartnell's hair is crazy, and he's missing a jacket, and Susan is hanging out and it basically starts with the doctor saying, "Okay, we got away, thank goodness." Uh, Susan, check up the ra- check the radiation, and she checks the radiation levels, and it all looks good. And she walks away, and then the radiation level goes up. And wow, <laughs> she failed. Thank you for <laughs> not not doing your job, Susan. Um, oh, and before we before we get into too much, um, people, because I think we should address this. Um, Susan is actually one of those really interesting points of contention because, like, there are people who will say, "Oh, she wasn't really the doctor's granddaughter," but. Man, she kind of has to be, right? I mean, they they said that this is her, gra- this is his granddaughter. Um, otherwise, it does it, it Like they, people have said, oh, the doctor stole her, and, and uh, she's just like, you are my granddaughter, as some like crazy old <laughs> coot or something. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I don't agree. I just think, like, look, you you have to, especially with these old stories, a lot of it is about imagination and building into it. But man, Susan, come on, come on, guys, she, she's his granddaughter. It's it's canon. It's the way it is. <laughs> I didn't know that people argued that point. Oh, no, people just... oh, it's all over the place. People are just like, people are just like, yeah, he, he stole her from her crib, from her parents. And that's, that's where Ace comes from. Not really, but you know, like <laughs> crazy stuff like that. And it's like, no, you gotta, you gotta kind of go for like what they were intending with these stories. Um, So, so, so Susan, in my book, totally granddaughter. L- let's not argue about it. Cause otherwise, like, what's the point? It's, it's his granddaughter. That's, that's what it's designed to be. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so we start with um, the Doctor and Ian and Barbara and Susan. They all depart into this radioactive planet, which they don't know is radioactive because Susan didn't do her job. Um, and we, we, we see these... Um, they start to walk around and they explore this, this planet that's obviously a set. Um, and they're, they're, they're checking out the wood and they check out this animal that's made out of metal. Which I think is really cool, and there's that's everything. that's
0: one thing about these these really old episodes, like the Trouton and Hartnell episodes. They feel more like a serial, like the yeah. old time adventure serials, than than mm-hmm. the, the like the later like Pertwee and like the color stuff. feels Yeah,
1: yeah. The color stuff definitely is one of those. Like it, you can you can feel you can watch it, and it's like watching a movie. It's about an hour and a half. You'll have a mm-hmm. good time. But with these, they like I I keep coming back to the Patrick Trouton final story. And I'm sorry everyone for bouncing around, but you know it's a lot to talk about but like I keep coming back to like the war games which is Patrick Troughton's final story and I've said on many occasion that watching that thing in a theater with your friends being 10 no spoilers once a week it would be the greatest 10 weeks of your life like easily because <laughs> like my goodness like everything in that story just keeps bouncing around but yeah it's it's really interesting seeing these sort of like old serials just hang out um,
0: as, as... With like the crazy sets and the models, yeah, and, and yeah. it's it's just got a lot of charm to it. So I uh, I, I like it a lot.
1: Yeah, you kind of have you have to take it with a grain of salt. Like you can't watch Star Trek and just be like, that's not really a planet. It's like, well, we know it's not a planet. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, Star Trek invented some crazy space travel, and Doctor Who <laughs> didn't really do that. And Doctor Who's budget makes Star Trek look like a movie. Like it's it's obscene. And I remember watching this the first time and being like. Wow, this is so no budget. Um, even the city, because they they walk through this, um, they walk through this jungle and they're checking it out, and they see a city and. The doctor pulls out these really weird binocular glasses that are like these binoculars but are glasses and, and it just <laughs> I thought he was gonna pull out like a
0: like a, you know a binocular
1: binoculars a Periscope like, or periscope, something Periscope, exactly. Yeah. And like he pulls out these ridiculous glasses, and I'm just like, What the hell are those? <laughs> yeah. Well that's one of those things, man. That's like what Terry Nation does. Terry Nation will just create this weird technology that you never see again and and he, they, they even show up later when they come back to look at the city again back in like episode five they show up and susan's wearing them you're just like didn't 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 we already get rid of those it's, <laughs> it's weird um so they see the city and the doctor's really excited he he wants to investigate um but everyone's just like no guys let's not do that because barbara and ian are just like we want to go home you stole us. Don't, don't take us home. And the doctor's just like, no, I want to explore the city. But he acquiesces and they go to the city because I guess uh, not to the city, but they go back to the ship because it's getting dark. And Susan on the way feels really watched. And someone touches her, which was a really creepy shot. There's like this random hand that comes into frame and just taps Susan on the shoulder and she screams. And it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and. Ian comes to rescue her because Ian is totally the man of action because Hartnell back in the day was, you know, like, he was, like, 60 when he was doing the show. Maybe not 60, but, like, close. And he was, you know, he was really sick with, like, this rare blood cancer or something, uh, which is really, like, it's sad, but, I mean, like, he did a really good job. But It's really of...
0: bizarre that they, they cast him, like, him having this disease, like.
1: Yeah. I mean, because it, it really
0: affected the show later on when he would just randomly disappear for a couple of episodes.
1: Oh, yeah, like, the Tenth Planet, like, he's not even in the third episode. Like, his final story, he's not even in one of the episodes. It's, yeah, it's crazy. It's, like, really weird. Um, but yeah, and he'll fluff his lines and stuff, but because he was, like, this really old guy, um, they cast Ian as sort of, like, the man of action, as we will totally see later, um, but they cast Ian as this man of action, so he runs to Susan and and helps take care of her and say there was nothing really there, so they go back into the TARDIS, and and, and the doctor's like, hey, can you, goes to Barbara's like, hey, can you talk to Susan? And and Barbara's like, I don't even know her, and, and <laughs> sorry about the sirens, um, the, and he's like, I don't really know her, and, and, and he, the doctor's like, yeah, but, but you can do it, and it just shows you that the doctor has no idea how to deal with people, which I think is a really interesting touch on their part, even though he's, like, newish at this point. Uh, he's only been, this is only his, like, fifth episode ever, um, and then they get really hungry and the doctor walks over to this thing and is like, hey, you want some food? And and there's like this food and they eat it, which is weird because like this weird old man just captured you from your home time and took you to this weird planet where there's stone trees and metal creatures and a giant futuristic looking city. And he goes back into his magic box and says, hey, you want some food? Don't eat the food. Don't. <laughs> That's a bad move kids don't don't do it, and even though I don't care, man, Ian says it's like bacon and eggs it one one bite tastes like bacon, the other one tastes like eggs. Don't eat the food that the old man gives you that's a bad move guys <laughs> that's just that's some great advice uh, that's to give you. Um, uh, that's 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 how he stole Susan. Yeah, he was just like, "Here, you want some food?" She's like, "I like bacon and eggs." He's like, "I have a machine that will do that for you. <laughs> It'll have oh. a consistency of cheese, but that's fine. <laughs> it looks it looks like a little brick, but you know, it's food. Don't you want food? Come into the TARDIS." Oh, this got creepy. Okay, so <laughs> so they hear a tapping at the door. And everyone's just like, oh my gosh, we need to get out of here because this is a dead planet, but there's tapping at the door. And Susan said she saw something, let's just go. And the doctor's like, but I want to see the city. And everyone's just like, let's let's not. And so the doctor's like, okay. So he starts to take off and then he ducks under the TARDIS and removes a section and like empties it out and puts it back in and stands back up and the TARDIS doesn't take off. And then everyone's just like, what happened? And he's like, oh, I don't know. And then he checks it and the piece that he was looking at, which was a fluid link, um, holding mer- mercury, just like it. Just he's like he's like, oh, I ran out of I ran out of fuel, and and everyone's just like what? And Ian's like, oh, that's really lame. Well, where would we get more mercury? And the doctor's like, I don't know. And then Ian's like, oh, let's go to the city. And then he looks at Hartlow, and Hartlow's like, oh, the city. I hadn't thought of that. And I thought it's just so funny because he's just it like. Is. That's,
0: that's the part that made me laugh out loud, especially when Hartnell turns to the camera and like winks.
1: Yeah, he's like he's like, Oh, guess we have to go to the city. <laughs> so so they so they go in the next morning, um, and they take the they take the fluid link with them and they go into the city and everyone's getting really exhausted and they're sweating and they're all like really sick. Maybe because of the radiation that Susan should have checked, and they should have checked again before they left. Um, but they didn't. So they're now in the city and they're all kind of freaking out and and then um, uh, they're like well we need to find some Mercury and, and Ian's like let's split up in this strange city. So everyone goes away and they don't even like pair off like Barbara just walks off into a door and just starts walking through corridors and like getting lost and doors are shutting behind her and there's cameras everywhere that are kind of watching and it's very claustrophobic and then she walks down a corridor and there's uh, what door closes behind her and she starts freaking out and banging on the doors and then um, the, the door, one of the doors opens and you get this really interesting shot of, um, a, a, like almost a claw looking thing just coming at, at, uh, Barbara and she starts screaming and that's where you end. And it's like, I don't know. What did you think, Scott? Like it it was, it, I've watched it like three times at this point and I'm still like kind of freaked out by it. I think it's, oh, it's so iconic. I, I it, It's
0: definitely, it's definitely iconic. I don't, um... I find it hard to, I, but th- this has always been the case for me because I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a, uh, like any of the Daleks ever really use their plunger arm. <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> uh, oh, I until until this episode where they played yeah. the suck and blow game with the oh. <laughs> with the piece of paper. <laughs> so, yeah. like to me, like I I don't I don't know like what this would have been like watching it um, on live television, but. I know, watching it here, I was just like, "Oh no, it's 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 a plunger, and it's coming for me." <laughs> I, I, it almost looks like
1: she's terrified. Like, I don't know where that's been. Get it away from me. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor better have food that takes away disease or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so so that's where the episode ends. Um, and I, I don't know. I think it's one of those really interesting, like sort of moments that it's it's. It, I I think it's unique. It really shows you that you're watching something that's a little bit special. Um, So when we come back, uh, the Doctor and Ian and Susan This is part two, The Survivors. Yeah, this is part two. Uh, We're in part two now after a great cliffhanger. Uh, Part two, The Survivors. Um, The Doctor and um, Susan and Ian are looking for Barbara, and they're like, well, she's gone. And Ian's like, well, we need to go look for her. And it's like, well, maybe if you had paired off as a buddy systems uh would teach you uh, apparently none of these people have ever been scouts because that's like the first thing they teach you in scouts um i also know this because later we we have to have a lesson in rope safety but we'll we'll get to that <laughs> <laughs> I, you know I, what i'm I read talking your about
0: tweet about that earlier today and i just laughed out loud
1: <laughs> <'cause it's> just... <laughs> oh gosh i i was so angry like uh, the first time i was watching i was like that's a bad idea Uh, anyways we're getting ahead of ourselves i'm sorry um but yeah so so they don't learn about the buddy system but they they go in and they start exploring the city through these tunnels and stuff and they find and and susan finds a geiger counter um that happens to be there with a big with big letters written in english that say danger and the counters in the danger center and and susan's like well crap and everyone's like well crap and it's one of those moments where they're just like, "Well, maybe we should have checked because we're all getting sick, and now we're suffering from radiation poisoning." Wonderful. Um,
0: so, Way to go, Susan.
1: <laughs> yeah, Susan messed up again. Also, I'm sorry for the for the sirens. I I think if you guys can hear that, it's 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 weird how I live in this place that's just full of just crime that's continually happening. <laughs> I'm in like I'm in like this really weird sort of like la jolla and san diego it's just this weird weird thing anyway so um so they finally they, they they're like well we need to get out of here we need to find barbara and then and he's and like but we have to find the mercury and the doctor's like well actually i was lying about that and he's like well thanks now we're sick and dying of radiation poisoning and we didn't have a problem and barbara's missing <laughs> so he blames the old man for messing around um and so Ian grabs the fluid link and is like, ah, I got it and we're not not—we're getting out of here because I just, I don't want to, I don't want to be here anymore, which is fine. I mean, I understand that. I can get behind that. Um, anyway, so they, they walk out of the room and they come face to face with four Daleks, um, which is the first time that the Doctor has ever seen Daleks, um, at least as far as we know. Uh, in my version of the canon, that is uh, what happens. Um, so they, they come up against a bunch of Daleks and I don't know, what did you think about this one? This one's, I like this this.
0: this. this was this was an iconic scene. This this oh, scene totally. kind of blew my mind
1: watching. Yeah, it. and you can you can see that like instantly everyone is just scared of these things, and mm-hmm. it, it, they seem really silly. But like the way that the doctor holds Susan and is just like, "Okay, we're gonna have to try and get through this." It's just this really great moment of just like you know how scared he is, um, and I,
0: and I love that um, the Daleks are so iconic that you look at them in this scene and they look exactly the same as they do today.
1: Yeah. Um, it, you know? like,
0: like, you, you, oh. you, they, these dogs could be from any time period within, you know, the canon of the show because mm-hmm. they've never really changed. Like, they've changed color or whatever, but that, that just, that iconic look hasn't changed. So, mm-hmm. it makes the show not look dated. If, yeah, not at what all. I mean? and yeah.
1: Yeah, and mm-hmm. compare it to something like the Cybermen and the Cybermen, like, every time that they appear in the classic series, it's always a different look. Mm-hmm. But, like, the daleks like all that's really changed if you look at it the only thing that really changes over time is like the bulbs on top of their head um like mm-hmm. as it is now they're just like small little round like bubble things but mm-hmm. like in the in the now they're like these lanterns that are on the top of their head that's it that's really all that's ever changed and i just i love that i think it's one of those things where you even go to someone like russell T davies and he's like look we got to do it this way and I've, no one's ever tried to redesign them i mean they tried to redesign them for the really we look in movies i have not watched them uh, the william C- the peter Cushney ones uh, the grand Moff tarkin movies although
0: although i think that would be fun to watch just out of curiosity
1: yeah maybe we'll do that maybe we'll get really drunk and watch those cuz <laughs> oh, commentary man.
0: episodes like actual <laughs> literal commentaries
1: yeah we're we're just like we're just like what what the heck like there's there's <laughs> <laughs> like there's 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 the doctor and he's literally a doctor and his last name is Who and he's half human and he's Grand Moff Tarkin. And I don't know he has know a mustache. And he has a mustache. I don't know what is happening. <laughs> like just really weird. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll do something with that, but I, I'm going to vote no for the time being.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just because you want to avoid them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't... I, yeah. Like, there's a... I don't know. There's a reason that they haven't made a Doctor Who movie. Um, I mean, they did it with the Palm again, but that was a backdoor pilot. There's a reason that they shouldn't do a Doctor Who movie. And that's just because Doctor Who just works as television. Mm-hmm. Uh, like not, uh, Just It's just the best in terms of television. It's just it's everything that television is and it does it so well that you'd have to change them. so much about the show yeah to turn let's it make into the, a film yeah like let's make the doctor half human cuz people don't relate to aliens you're just like no <laughs> no this is not we learned our lesson from that but we'll talk about that later I'm sure. But yeah. you know what? We're definitely going to have to talk about that later. My bad. <laughs> Actually, oh, just
0: like, uh, what, seven weeks from now? <laughs> oh, man.
1: Paul McGann. And if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, it's Paul McGann. And I'm YouTubing it. I already know the scene. I've YouTubed it before. It's one of those moments where you're just watching it, and there's some really great Paul McGann stuff, and then the master just says, ah, oh, the doctor is half human. And you go, what? What? <laughs> When did this happen? And there's just been attempt after attempt after attempt to like try and explain it away. Like Paul Cornell tried to explain it, it was a chameleon arch. Russell D. Davis said that the doctor was faking it, and we can we can go into that like later. But it's just oh, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just...
0: See that that P that P Aguera uh, mini series tried to explain it away too. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know if you ever watched that. Did you, or, or, or I, I mean uh, read that? Did you read that?
1: I read it, but I I remember being so disappointed by it. I remember being like, "Oh, this is kind." of... I loved her art. Her art is just brilliant. Like she's one of my favorites. Um, yeah. And she, you know, she did "Why the Last Man," which we both love, and mm-hmm. she did. Um, she did a great article, like a, a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant article, a couple of weeks ago for um, this thing that was on tour dot com called "The Twelve Doctors of Christmas." I know we geeked out about it. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it was about the fifth Doctor, and it was just this really great discussion of him as a Volvo that was just brilliant. And it, was it really so was. Good. It was so so good. <laughs> like everyone, think... everyone, go find it, and it oh, it's so good. Just Google Peter Davis and Volvo. I'm sure you'll find it.
0: Yeah, my oh. I think I think the the most disappointing thing about that comic, and like I, you know, we're way off topic, but yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> the most disappointing thing about that comic is that she didn't draw the whole thing. You did know? she not? Oh, no, impressive. no, she only drew like two issues. Oh, screw that! Yeah, yeah, And, like they, there was a bunch of villain artists. I'm just like, okay, the point of a miniseries is that it doesn't necessarily have to come out monthly. You can wait on her,
1: like, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, oh, man, and like, and like,
1: and not only that, but it's Pia Guerra, like, yeah, Pia Guerra, who, and like, your the whole point of that miniseries is just to draw every Doctor and every villain who's ever been. Like, basically, mm-hmm. that's the whole point of it, and. Oh, that's really depressing, uh, and yeah. I I have trouble recommending it to folks because I find it a bit unintelligible. It's a lot like the Five Doctors, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. oh, that's really disappointing.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> the the writer who I can't even remember who it was Tony it's Lee, like... I think. Yeah, that's right. He
1: just I... he doesn't yeah. do a whole lot for me. Yeah, that's why I don't read the comics. Uh, that's actually a whole different discussion. Why I don't read comics and novels. Um. Anyway, sh- yeah. Anyway, anyways, <laughs> back to this. Um, so the Daleks meet up with with the the TARDIS crew, and and everyone's freaking out, and they're like, "Come with us!" And they they still talk just like they do nowadays. Like it's
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's. It, I mean, granted, nowadays it's done by the brilliant Nick Briggs, and he's so good. But even then, like you can still watch it, and it's just they sound like Daleks, and it's just brilliant. And it's so so good. And so Ian tries to get away. And then um, they're like, "Ah, no! You don't get to go away." And instead of killing him, they um, they just kind of fire at him. Which I I I, I try to, I'm trying to keep this clean, but it it doesn't look right when they shoot the thing. It, it uh, yeah, you can cut this out, but it it doesn't really look right when they when they shoot that gun. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs>
0: I know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> uh, anyways, um, so they, they shoot the gun, and, um, and Ian goes down, but he's not killed. Um, he's actually just been paralyzed, and his legs don't work anymore, um, but it's only temporary. Um, why the Daleks don't kill him, it's never really explained. If the Daleks showed up now, they'd just out and out out him. Um, but they they don't out him because they need him for the show, um... So the Daleks shoot him and then they carry him off away and and everyone's reunited with Barbara and everyone's really scared. Um and then there's a really great scene where the where the doctor is brought in front of the Daleks um which I thought was really fascinating because it's very rare to you see the doctor at the mercy of the Daleks and it is so powerful just in the way that like Hartnell is just weak, he's dying of radiation sickness at this point and it's it, I, I loved this scene I thought it was so good yeah like, it's just, one of
0: my favorites from oh, this totally from this serial definitely yeah and like yeah. the the whole like stay in the light which I, I'm i watching and I'm just like yeah stay in the light because you know they need to film you you need to actually <laughs> be seen like it's just funny how that like that line kind of doubled mm-hmm. for like a behind the scenes thing and
1: yeah. yeah and even even later like there's a scene later when um the doctor Rose and Jack Harkness are taken up against Davros in uh, Journey's End and it's you know, stay in the light. It's there. Like it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. You can just draw parallels. Anyway, so we get um we get this knowledge that um there's radiation poisoning, and the doctor somehow figures out that the that there are these other creatures or, or aliens called Thals, um and they have these anti radiation medication, uh, which they're like, oh, we kind of need that. Um, and then we get into a bit of history um about the Daleks and who they are. Um, and who the Thals were, and you get like the Dalek version of events, and I think this is really interesting, um, only because there are two histories of the Daleks. Did you know about this? This is kind of interesting. Um, there are like two histories of the Daleks. You know about this? No, this, no. This, this is kind of crazy. Um, well, basically, uh, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but in the in this this is really the last Dalek story. Like you can watch this and be like, oh, the Daleks are ended, and they were not. We're not going to do it anymore. Um, but. Um, They do appear again. And in the Patrick Troughton story, The Evil of the Daleks, which is totally fantastic. We're going to talk about that at a certain point. Um, The Daleks are actually destroyed, utterly and completely, um, by the Doctor. And later on, the Doctor goes up against Davros, which we're talking about in a couple weeks with uh, Genesis of the Daleks, which is this really great Davros story, more than it is a Dalek story. And at the end of that story, the Doctor warns... Davros, that the Daleks are really evil and a lot meaner than Davros thinks they are. And because of that, Davros, um, puts up a force field before the Daleks exterminate him. I'm spoiling the story, but it's so good that it won't matter. Um, the, and basically, the Davros saves himself. Um, and because of that, Davros gets to run around and be Davros for the rest of the story. And, and in the classic series, once Davros shows up, For the first time in Genesis, he always shows up in every other Dalek story. And like this Dalek history that we're dealing with, which is basically that the Daleks and the Thals live on this world, and there was a war, and they basically wiped each other out, um, is part of what is really called the first Dalek history. And because the Doctor changes events in Genesis of the Daleks... um, Dalek history changes and becomes completely different. So what you're dealing with is, like, this really weird microcosm of the first three doctors deal with the Daleks in this way, but after Tom Baker, they all deal with him in a completely different way, which I think is really interesting. Because mm-hmm. um, we in Genesis, we learn a lot more about the actual circumstances that brought about the Daleks' actual creation. Um, but basically, we find out that there's Daleks and there's Thals, and Thals are these um are these athlete warrior people and the daleks were the scientists and the daleks are these mutants and uh and so are the thals and all this stuff um we learn more as we go on but that's basically the gist of it that's all we really learn about them and the thals are farmers and stuff um and so the doctor says well we're dying so bring let us go get anti-radiation medication and the daleks are like we're not gonna okay fine we'll let you go um but only to save, but we're only going to let you send one person. And Ian's like, Well, I'm the dude. I'm going to go. But Ian can't walk. So they figure out how they, they're, and so they have to send Susan because Susan's the only one who can open the TARDIS because the TARDIS has a 21 lock combination. And if you turn it off, and if you turn the lock wrong, uh, the lock melts, which I think is just. Really bad security. Because if, if <laughs> I mean, if, if I if I if I have my, I mean, I have an apartment key. If I turn the apartment key one time, the lock melts. I can't get into my apartment. Well, crap. Um, I don't know if that's really a good idea. Um, <laughs> but you know, um. that's the time lords for you. Not really thinking ahead. Um, so Susan goes out and she starts hanging out and uh, is like, "Oh, fine, I'll go." So the Daleks uh, leave. Susan, let Susan go so she runs through the forest and everyone's getting worse the doctor's dying like out and out like he's just like he does not look good like it, it it's like William Hartnell without the acting like it's Mm. it's not it's not very sorry these are really morbid jokes I'm sorry I'm sorry everyone um (laughs) (laughs) look let's be let's be honest like in all seriousness William Hartnell was dying while he was doing this he lived up to like 1980 which is really really fantastic and this is 1963 but like by 10 years later William Hartnell was pretty much bedridden like he couldn't he couldn't even star in the three doctors he had to be in like pre-filmed inserts um, and it's really sad, but, like, even knowing that, it's really awesome how good he is all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I have this thing where I don't have a... I have least favorite doctors, but I really do like them all. And William Hartnell is probably my least favorite doctor, but even then, like, I love him so much. I think he's really, really great all the time. Um, I think I think the
0: thing that makes him sort of the least favorite doctor is because he's not really the <coughs> doctor. Like, he's just... He's like this old man that the companions constantly complain about. Yes. Like getting getting them into trouble and and, mm-hmm. and whatever. But they just they treat him as a crazy old man. Um mm-hmm. so he's just sort of he's sort of on the outskirts of his own show. You know? Yeah. yeah. Which I
1: which I find really interesting. Like when we talk about Unearthly Child, um and even the Paul McGann movie, we can really you can do a comparison of Unearthly Child, which is the first Doctor Who story, and um, and com- and compare it to Rose, which is the Russell T. Davies reboot with uh, Rose and Christopher Eccleston. And you can compare that to the Paul McGann movie. And you can just see that Doctor Who isn't really about the doctor. Um, it's more about like this guy who hangs out with his companions and they just go on adventures. And I really like that it's almost to the show's benefit that Hartnell is so weak and not you know, not as strong as he was back in his youth. Because if you make it a show about the doc, like if you make it a show about Hartnell, it's not as interesting because you don't have this really great byline of, you know, Ian and Barbara and Susan and all that stuff. And it's something that I think Tom Baker especially lost sight of because Doctor Who under Tom Baker is about tom baker especially in his um later years when he's just like i don't want a companion i don't want to do that put a put a head of shredded lettuce on my on my shoulder and he'll just talk to me like a puppet and you're like this is not <laughs> which actually happened let's let's be honest it actually happened um it's it's something that i think is really to the show's benefit uh, hartnell i really think in so many ways helped define the show because he wasn't able to define the show which I, I don't know i i actually don't think i'd ever quite realize that but there you go i learned something today <laughs> the podcast is good it works okay nice. so we we're, we're <laughs> running long but i'll i'll continue to blow through this um so let's see uh, so susan finally gets into the tardis and she finds the anti-radiation meds which i totally forgot to mention this but when back in episode 1 there was a part where um they left the tardis and they found like this small metal box of stuff that they thought was a bomb, but it was really these, this medicine. Um, and they didn't really use it, because they didn't know what it was, um, and they brought it back into the TARDIS. So that's really what Susan went back to go grab. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention that, because uh, that was kind of important. Um, but... <laughs> yeah, because I love that scene, they're just like, it's a box, it could be anything. And Ian <laughs> and like, is like, I've got this, and he yeah. pokes it with a stick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's what you should do if you think it was a bomb, Ian. Don't poke it with a stick. <laughs> we need to learn about bomb safety too, because there's another moment later on in the show where there's some—not re- this episode, but where someone violates bomb safety in every sense of the word—and it's really funny. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so Susan Susan makes it into the TARDIS, and she finds the she finds the box and she heads back out, and that's really where the episode ends. It just kind of ends with Susan heading out into uh, into the into the woods to go back, which I think is an interesting sort of ending. <laughs> yeah. She, she's just like, well, I, I have to go back now. Sort of. <laughs> and then there's thunder and lightning, and she kind of goes, which I think is fun. Um, So yeah, that that's where it ends. Um, And then we get uh, episode three, which is called The Escape, I think. Okay. Um, And so Susan exits the TARDIS, and she meets this guy um, who's a Thal, actually. And he's this... And his name's uh, Aladon. And he's this... <laughs> adonis looking dude with blonde hair and like not really much of a shirt and uh, these really fantastic pants and he's wearing this really crazy coat that made me think that he was a bird. When I first saw this, I thought he was a bird just perched on the on the on this rock with like these this this turtle coat on his back with all these scales and stuff. <laughs> I still think it's really funny looking. Um so he He's like, oh, I've been watching you. And Susan doesn't think it's creepy. And he's just like, well, uh, you guys should be medicated. So he gives her more meds. And um, then she, Susan returns um, because he's like, well, the Daleks are going to take the medicine from you. Um, so I'm giving you an extra set. So then she runs back to the city and the Daleks find both sets of medicines. But for some reason, give the TARDIS crew the second one. Because the Daleks, as we learn, um, didn't really want to give them the meds. They just wanted to analyze them to see if they could use it for themselves. Um, which, which I think is funny. Why, why did they, if they didn't need the second one, like, why didn't they just use it for more tests? Why don't, why did, why did you have to be like, oh, we have extra, here's some. It's the Dalek charity, I guess. Um, (laughs) that's, that's how the, that's how the Daleks used to work. Um, Let's see. So they, they give everyone the meds and everyone starts to get better pretty much instantly. Um, and then we find out that the Thals are farmers and um, there was a war and the Thals ran out of food and the Daleks are like, well, we don't like anyone else, which is really consistent whichever with um, the Daleks of now. Um, mm-hmm. It's you know they're they're very genocidal or genocidal, mm-hmm. sorry, um, and very xenophobic, and they're just like, we gotta kill the Thals. We didn't do it before. So let's kill the Thals, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna ambush them. Um, so we're gonna have we're gonna make them write a letter and say, "Hey, come over to us, and we'll give you food because we grow food in artificial sunlight, and we have all of this food that we don't really use." So let's let's do that, and they're gonna plan to ambush the Thals, which is uh, which is a really interesting development. So they bring in Susan, and Susan writes the letter, and Susan finishes the letter, and the Daleks tell her what to write, and she signs it. And then she holds up the letter, and a Dalek suction cups the letter. And when this happened, the first time I saw it, I laughed. I was just like, oh, that's so good. (laughs) Thank, Thank God they used that.
0: Yeah, I, that, that whole sequence, it just reminds me of, like, like the suck-and-blow game, like, scene yeah. in Clueless. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I kept waiting for, like, one of the Daleks to just drop the paper and just, like, touch suction cups with another Dalek, and the Dalek <laughs>
1: being like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Going too far there, buddy. Um, <laughs> so, so the Daleks take the letter, and they plan to post it out by the edge of the city. Um, And the Daleks, it turns out, can only move on metal. The Doctor figures this out. um, That everywhere in the city is metal. And he theorizes that the Daleks can only move on metal. So they plan their escape, um, which involves the Dalek coat and breaking a camera off the wall in which Ian and the doctor stage an argument and Susan jumps on Ian's back and Ian carries her over to the camera and they break the camera off the wall. And the dogs are like, we need to move them out of this, out of this room. And they never do, which is probably a bad move. Um, and then, and then they, um, they make this plan, which, um, I'm going to YouTube this if that's all right. Um, cause I just think this is really epic. It's this, um, it's their attempted escape in which, um, they put mud, they, they manage to trick a Dalek into the salon and Barbara throws some mud onto the Dalek. Oh, um, right.
0: The, uh, the, the, what, what does the Dalek keep saying? Get, <laughs> get away from me
1: or get touching. off of me, yeah. get off or something like that. Like it's yeah. really funny. Um, but I don't, I don't think he says the, the Dalek signature line, which is uh, my vision is impaired. I cannot see. He doesn't say that, which is kind of disappointing, but whatever. It's the first Dalek story. I'll, I'll let them, I'll let them have that one. Um, I'll YouTube it so you guys can see it. It's pretty, it's pretty epic. Not going to lie. Um, there's like, they wrestle the Dalek and then they manage to get the Dalek onto the Thal coat, which uh, the Thal gave to Susan and, and, um, it basically cuts off the Dalek's power supply. Um, because the Daleks, the doctor figures out are working on static electricity, which is something that actually holds for a lot of the rest of the series. I know there's a plot point in Genesis that builds off of that. Um, And then, so they open, they pop open the Dalek and they're like, well, let's figure out what we're going to do. So they pop open the Dalek and they look inside and they see this weird thing. and, And Ian, and I love this. I thought this was so good where Ian and the doctor just look at it and they instantly are like, get Susan away from this thing. Cause she's going to scream mm-hmm. and they send Barbara and Susan outside and they pull the Dalek off and wrap it in the coat and stuck it into the, stuck it in the corner. And then they're like, well, Ian, let's use Ian and put him in the Dalek suit and we'll, we'll escape using that. Uh, like one of those prisoner ploys, um, which, which they do. <laughs> they put Ian in the Dalek. I don't think this has ever happened since then. Um I think it ha- there is a moment in the Space Museum where it happens, but this is the first, this is like this is I, I love that Terry Nation is just really going all out with this. Like there's there's this weird mutant creature and they work on static electricity and he's building off of that. I mean, like for all the crap I give Terry Nation, like he's actually doing some really interesting stuff with science here. Mm-hmm. Um But they basically they, they they take the this weird creature out of the Dalek and they throw it into the corner and they make Ian climb into it, and then they close the hood, and then Ian sounds like a Dalek. And he can't really control it, but he's just, he sounds like a Dalek, but in Ian form, which which I thought was really funny. Uh-huh. I laughed the first time, I laughed the second time, I laughed the third time. It's really a sight to behold. Um. So then they're like, okay, well, let, let's go. So they start to walk out, and as the episode ends, we see the mutants start to crawl out from under this coat, which is a, actually kind of a freaky thing. Although they never actually come back to that mutant. That mutant just kind of... I think that mutant just dies there. It's just... It's dead.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. It, it's... It's it's kind of weird. Like, that. Yeah. the doctor didn't even... He was just like, Yeah, well, whatever. We'll just... We'll toss this out. <laughs> it's fine. It, it's
1: warm. It's under a coat. We got it. Yeah. It's yeah. taken care of. Um... But I do like that. I like that. I like that. Terrain Nation makes a makes a makes a point of saying, "Look, there are creatures in this in this Dalek suit. It's not just a robot. Which you know, you see a Dalek and you assume it's a robot. It's not a robot. It's a mutant. Um, and I think it's really cool that Terranation makes an effort to show you that, despite never coming back to to Ricky, the lost Dalek who's stuck under the coat in the, in the place. Um, so." Um, part four, the Thals find the note, um, at the, from the city and they're like, Susan signed it. And there's, there's a bunch of Thals hang, just hanging out in the forest. I guess they, they used to live on a plateau, but the plateau fa- ran out of food cause there's been no rain in a couple years, which is a very long time. Um, and, uh, they, they, um, the Thals are, the Thals are hanging out, um, and they're like they're like oh the, the Daleks are offering us food let's let's go do that so so they plan to go head into um, the city which is why episode four uh, is called the ambush so while this is going on the falls are headed towards the city to go take up the, the Dalek option on food um, everyone the Doctor Ian Barbara and Susan ugh, that's such a huge TARDIS crew um, but actually I don't mind I mind it later um, like Davison has four has three companions in his run. Uh, for a couple stories, um, especially in his first season, but I don't really mind Susan, Barbara, and Ian at all. Like, I think they have a really great dynamic and I never seem to min- mind... I mean, I mind Susan because Susan's really annoying at times. Like, like come on, you have one job. Like, look at the radiation thing. Just make sure it doesn't go up. But I, re- I really like that there's, like, three... Companions, and they all kind of have their own job, as opposed to later when you know some like you know Davis and you have Tegan, Nissa, and, and Adric, and Tegan's job is to whine, and Nissa's job is to, like hang out and actually be a good companion, and Adric's job is to whine, and you're just like, oh, I have two whining companions in my Volvo. This isn't really cool. Um, <laughs> but I really, I really like that. I think that it, one of the, I mean, I'm I'm hard pressed to find a companion I legitimately don't like. Um, Tegan is one of them, um, probably one of the only ones, um, Adric even, I, I even like Adric, but that's a whole nother discussion. Um. I, I, I like Adric a
0: lot. Yeah. I think he gets a lot of, uh, a lot of crap that he doesn't yeah. really deserve.
1: Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, I, I really agree. And then, you know, just slap a gold sword in his hand and he's like top five companion ever, but oh, that's a whole <laughs> another tangent. Um, yeah. <laughs> Look, Adric, Adric, as a Cyberman hunter with a gold sword, is just win. Okay, that's that's what we're talking about. And an um, eye patch. And an eye patch. Yes, of course he has an eye patch. I keep forgetting because the eye patch is totally assumed. Like every like every time I mention it, I'm just like, no, there's an eye patch. Did you not know that? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it, no, it, it fits. That's that's a whole another discussion. We'll probably talk about that later at some point. But yeah, but gold gold sword Adric is pretty awesome. um <laughs> But I, I really like this. Everyone kind of has their job. Um, so Ian is Ian is in this Dalek, and, and they go up to another Dalek, and, and Ian's like, "These are my prisoners." And and Susan gets groped by some plungers, which is kind of weird, including Ian's plunger, which is super weird. Um, and then uh, and somehow I forget exactly how because like it it doesn't really make sense. Like this Dalek basically is just not doing its job. Like it's just hanging out. It's just like whatever. Um, they managed to get into a, into a small, um, staging area for an elevator and they call the elevator, but Ian can't get out of the elevator and, or he can't get out of the Dalek and they're having a lot of trouble and the Daleks start cutting through the door and uh, the doctor and Barbara and Susan are just like, are just like, crap, we have to go. So they get into the elevator and they start taking the elevator up to the top, um, where they can escape. Leaving Ian behind as they cut through the door, and I re- I loved this scene. I, again, I'm I'm gushing about scenes that I love, but believe me, there are a bunch of scenes I don't like later. But I really enjoyed this. I thought this was really tense, and like if Ian got captured in this, I would not have been surprised. I mean, needless to say, he doesn't get captured, but you know what I mean. Like it's just mm-hmm. great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's great. it is a really good scene. Mm-hmm. the the whole the, the whole like first. Well these first four episodes are pretty solid. It's oh, they're great. It's, it's the last three where things are yeah. you get there's a few head scratching moments well, and, well, and well, moments well. where you're like this it, it's not over yet, really? Yeah. We're,
1: oh, we're still well, going. We'll talk about this. Um <laughs> <laughs> we're almost there. Uh, all the gush fest is about to turn into a hate fest. Um but you know, we can't be perfect. Um so they they, send, they get up to the top floor and, and they get they get out of the elevator and they send the elevator back down and the Daleks start to cut through the door and they um they cut through the door and um they they see the t- the Dalek and the Dalek casing and, and they fire at the Dalek casing and it breaks apart and there's no one in there and it turns out that Ian barely managed to get out of it and and get to the top and get into the elevator and go to the top but the, the Daleks also called the elevator so as soon as it gets to the top. Um, they call it back down, and they send a Dalek into the elevator. So basically, now what we have is we have a we have our TARDIS crew stuck in this room. They can't get out. Um, they see that the Thals are coming, and they have to warn the Thals about this Dalek ambush that they I think they know is happening. I forget exactly how they knew it was happening, but they figured it out somehow. Um, and the <laughs> they they. The doctor tries to pull open the door, and Ian's just like, "Well, hang on. We'll we'll take the statue and we'll we'll dump it down the elevator shaft and we'll break the elevator." Which is a, admittedly a good plan, but if your if your plan is also to open force open the door that's stuck, don't don't let the doctor do it. At least not this doctor, because. I don't. I don't see how he's going to pull this door open, especially if he. Ian... He has super strength. Yeah. according oh, to yeah. the visual, <laughs> <laughs> the visual dictionary. You should. You should explain that so that people people aren't lost with that reference. But there's yeah.
0: a uh, there, there's a book that's out now um, that just came out. Like uh, at the end of series five, there's like been a bunch of merchandise and stuff that's been coming out um, for the new show and uh, one of them is the it's like the visual dictionary or visual companion or something like that and it's it's one of those books that you see like there'll be like uh, these books these big coffee table books and it's Mm -hmm. got tons of pictures in it and and you'll have ones for like Star Wars and Star Trek where it's like the ships of Star Trek and it'll be like here's the Enterprise and this is what's in the Enterprise and it'll be like a map and show you all these parts well they made one for Doctor Who and Mm -hmm. one of the one of the maps that they make is of the doctor and it's Matt Smith's doctor. And it's all these points where it's like pointing at his bow tie and it's just, and it's like, you know, signature bow tie. He wears this because, you know, it makes people trust him. And and then it's like, you know, tweed jacket and, and, you know, these are his adventurer boots and, and whatever. And then um, it randomly points at his shoulder <laughs> and then says, uh, uh increased strength and stamina <laughs> and I, I just like 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 number one i didn't know he had any increased strength and stamina and number two are you saying that he totally has increased strength and stamina or just that one shoulder <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so good <laughs> i love that yeah <laughs> It's, it's just it's just so ludicrous <laughs> I should I should make one of those things and just like point out weird things on a companion like like Ace's eyebrows raised to raised to like to like entice men or something you know just <laughs> completely ridiculous yeah um, so yeah Hartnell in his magic shoulder managed to open this door um, and they dump this statue down this elevator and the elevator explodes I guess um, but why the Daleks have statues, I don't know. Um I, I mean I would love to have a Dalek statue in my apartment. Um or like a Dalek statue garden, which would be just great. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so they manage to get out of this out of this room and they're running through the city and and Ian's like, I'm gonna go warn these people. There's no reason to put you guys in harm's way because Ian is the man of action. Love Ian. Um and he he just runs he runs for this for this ambush location, which is basically a couple of Daleks in an alcove in like a courtyard, like a very, a very small courtyard, and a plate, like a table, and the table has some fruit on it. Like it's, it's great. Like I love this table. I want that table. It's like the Dalek version of a feast. It's just a couple, like a, it's a, it's a table with a couple of plates on it, like with some fruit. It's, it's oh so good. Um, so uh, he manages to get there um, just in time to actually warn the Thals. Um, the Thals are about to start taking the food. And Ian like basically, it's it's one of those things where you kind of have to go with it because it's old Doctor Who. But he basically just walks into the middle of this courtyard and goes, "It's a trap!" And then just kind of walks out a little bit. <laughs> and there's and the Daleks start firing, and and in the fire in the firefight, um, uh, the doll the uh, what's his name? The Thall leader. I've, I don't remember his name. It's um, you remember? I don't remember. He dies. That's that's the point. He dies. He's gone. Oh. Um, he was, um uh to to tomosis tomosis toma toma t- 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 tomanness tomaneness t- oh to tomosis p- yeah you're right t- Okay. Timosis. you got that you're you're good okay um t- <laughs> i forgot i forgot I really he's just there to introduce some exposition that happened in in episodes 3 and 4 and then to die here so basically um now that he's dead um uh let's see um It hands over to this guy named Aladon, who was um, Susan, who helped Susan and gave Susan his coat, which they left behind. Um, That's hospitality for you. Um, They and and a couple Thals manage to get away. A couple Thals go down in this battle, um, but the Daleks basically are just like they just kill these guys, which I think is just really great. Um, cause like, you know, it's so easy to write a, like a weak bad guy and in ways the Daleks have been weak through this, like giving anti-radiation anti-radi- medicine when they probably shouldn't have or wouldn't have, but like they just out and out murder these Thals for no reason, which I just thought is fantastic. Just as like, these guys are just, they're not messing around. Um, so that happens. Um, <laughs> and then we get what is basically two and a half episodes of boring speeches um where basically everyone returns to the woods and um and the doctor and the TARDIS crew are basically hanging out with a bunch of Thals and the Thals are like, what the hell? And um sorry, I I said that, I apologize, what the heck? And um <laughs> and and they're like, the, the the Daleks are mean, let's go back to our plateau. They didn't play by the rules, they they hoarded their food, they didn't they didn't follow their um their, their code of honor, I guess, the Dalek honor code. Um and and the doctor's like, and the doctor's like, hey, look, um, that that's how it goes. And so, that uh, this is actually kind of interesting. the The doctor and his companions are walking around with, the th- are hanging out with the Thals, and the Thals are like, well, they're doing this. It's just this is this is where the story starts to fall apart. Is it falls into like this, like ten minute, not maybe maybe not ten minutes, like seven minutes of just arguments about like thal politics which is just what we want in a children's show like this is what (laughs) this is what everyone loves and like granted the thal's like not so bad to look at they're all pretty strapping young lads with blonde hair and you know crew cuts and stuff like that very
0: little clothing
1: oh very little clothing there's there is so much chest going on here it's insane um and like one woman and she's wearing like a foam dress like <laughs> it's foam um, <laughs> she like literally her top is just foam, it's so funny. um so the um so there, then we get like just a bunch of minutes of just fall politics and it's so boring and it's so awful and you're just like, oh my God, why did you increase this to another episode? like we had like we're in episode four, we have like three more now, and we get like an entire episode of this um and it's just it's obscene. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, after a bunch of arguing, the Thals are like, we don't... Uh, the Thals are like, we're pacifists. We don't do that. We don't fight. That It destroyed our world. We're not going to fight again. Which, admittedly, is cool. Um, <laughs> the Doctor and his companions... I mean, like, really? Knowing what you know about Doctor Who, what do the Doctor and their companions do? They're like, no, let's fight the Daleks. Let's destroy them and do this stuff. Basically, everyone, everyone in the TARNIS crew goes, okay, you have fun with that. And they, they're like, let's go. And it's... I mean it's it's so shocking. Like seriously, and not only that, like it's not even like Barbara and Ian going, Hey, we want to go home. Like, Barbara and Ian are like, We need to we need to help these people. And Susan's like, We need to help these people, and the doctor's like, It's my ship, I'm leaving. And like it's just it just shows you like how much the doctor's grown over time. Because like the doctor nowadays would never leave in this situation. Like even Screw even, you guys, I'm yeah, getting the hell out for, of here. Forget that. Forget <laughs> that. We're getting out of here, we're leaving right now, and it's I, I love this. I thought it was so. It's so interesting to see the doctors change over time. But it turns out that um, they can't leave because Ian. Remember when Ian stole the stole the fluid link? Well, the Daleks stole it from him. So the fluid link is hanging out in the city somewhere, probably with the Daleks, and they have to go back into the city, um, which is where the episode ends. It's. I think it's a really good ending because it it kind of forces them to stay. Mm-hmm. But um, that's 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 basically it. Um, I Again, I love that the Doctor's ready to just pimp out of there and just be like, well, you guys have fun with that. Um, and even later, like even even later on in the... Like when we get in the next episode, which is called uh, episode five, the exposition. I, I hate these episode titles. They're so lame. Uh, mm. Expedition, sorry. Not the exposition. Although that's not far off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love that... Um, I love that they're ready to go. So basically... Um, Episode 5 starts with the Daleks starting to take these anti-radiation medicine and they start to administer the drug to each other because they're like, well, radiation is bad. Um, despite the fact that the planet is totally irradiated and they've been just fine. They're like, well, we need to take this because other people take it. Um, which I think just goes to show you that the Daleks can be trend followers too. Um, they don't they don't necessarily need to set the trends. They can follow the trends. Um, so, so then they go, the Doctor goes back to the TARDIS to check out Maybe they can leave, and it turns out they really are out of mercury, so it doesn't do them any good that they even, you know, had the fluid link in the first place. They're out, they can't replace it. It's they have to go back to the city. Um, but and so the doctor's like, Okay, well, I'll take the lead of the thalls, and and everyone else is just like, You can't do that, you're not really a Thal. Um, so then we get a long just Half of this episode is just them talking about what they want to do. Like, mm-hmm. we get it. The Thals are pacifists. The Doctor wants to turn them into a fighting force, which is so not Doctor-like. Like, imagine someone like Matt Smith saying, Hey, guys, you have to p- take up some arms and, like, kill these bastards. Like, you know, <laughs> it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. Like, even wow. even someone like Davison. Like, Davison wouldn't do that. Tom Baker probably would, but that's a Tom Baker problem. Um, uh, sorry, again, Tom Baker fans. I love you. Um, so, (laughs) but, um, so, so yeah. So then basically the doctor's like, I'm going to, I'm going to help these people. And Ian's like, you can't really do that. So Ian goes up and gives this really quote unquote, excellent speech about how, um, they have to, they have to go help the people. And the Thal leader who is Aladon, who helps Susan, um, is just like, we're not going to fight. We're not going to fight you guys. And Ian's just like, well, what happens if I take your, what happens if I take your cookies? Would you, would you, would you hurt me then? And the Thall leader's like, no, I'm not going to hurt you then. He's like, fine, well, I'm going to take these cookies. And then like the Thall leader pushes him and Ian's like, ha ha ha, you really will fight. Which I think is a really mean move. Like, come on, dude. That's, come on. (laughs) Like, really, that's, that's Ian's argument. He's like, I'm going to take your cookies. Like, or or even better, (laughs) I drink your milkshake. You're just like, oh God. (laughs) Like, well, okay, Thalls, good job. Um, so basically, Ian proves that this is the way um, the Thals need to do this because um, otherwise they're going to starve, um, which I think is really interesting. That Really nice steaks can't have the Thals die. So the Thals need to go back into the city and they need to fight the Daleks. And they need to take all the food, which is, you know, from the Dalek perspective, that's kind of a jerk move. Like you have a bunch of really pretty looking men like coming in to take your food. Like no one likes that. No, no one. Like I don't even think the Daleks would like that. Um mm-hmm. Anyway, so so Ian proves this, and so then we go back to the Daleks, and this is one of my favorite scenes. Like in my blog, um, this was early on, so I wasn't doing all the screen caps I normally do, but I made an exception. Cause the do- one of the Daleks in section three, which was the first to get the anti radiation drugs, starts freaking out and just like losing its mind and like dying basically, just like ah and, and and then we get like the Dalek Bridge, which is like the control center, which is where the doctor met the Daleks for the first time, and this, they're like, look out, this Dalek is is also freaking out, and there's this Dalek freaking out. And I remember watching this sequence, and there's, like, all these Daleks in the background. And, like, if you know this show, this show has no budget. So, like, by, you know, in modern modern times are like, you can afford, like, four Daleks and one Jadoon or something. But back in this time, they were like, you can afford four Daleks. So I was watching this scene, and I don't know if you saw this. Did you see this? There are yeah, all these yeah. Daleks in the background. And I was like, what the hell? Where did where did you get this budget? Did Verity Lambert do a really good job on this or what? And then, like, I looked and they changed the sequence. They changed, like, the shot. And I just noticed all these Daleks are cutouts, which was just so funny. Mm -hmm. Like, I love that. That's, oh, that's so great. Just a bunch of cardboard (laughs) cutouts in the (laughs) background. (laughs) Just, like, hanging out, just, like, trying to make it look all really impressive. And, like, you know what? It did its job for, like, a minute. I was like, wow, that's pretty good. But now I just watch it and I'm just, like, laughing, laughing, laughing. All the Dalek cutouts. Um, so yeah, um, so basically the, um, everyone splits off, um, the Daleks, re- uh, basically the Daleks realize that, um, uh, radia- they need the radiation to survive, and they can't live on no radiation, which, you know, they retcon later, but whatever. Um, these Daleks, specifically, because these are, in a way, the last Daleks, um, uh, they need this radiation to survive, so they plan to nuke the planet. They're just going to nuke the planet so that there's more radiation so they can thrive in every place and wipe out the thalls. which is a really ballsy and really dark move for them to do, um, especially talking about just, you know, like nuclear winter, which is basically what this planet has undergone. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, uh, the Thals um, split into two groups – uh, one will have one will attack the city from the front, and the other will attack the city from the back by going around some mountains. Um, Ian and Barbara and three Thals, including Antidus, who's a total coward, and um, who's the who's the pretty one? Ganatus, 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 Ganatus. So there's this there's this Thal named Ganatus, and Ganatus is hanging out. He's like the leader of this small expedition party, which is where the title comes from. There you go. That's what the title is based on um they go out into this they go out into the woods and they start traveling around trying to get around the city to um sneak in from the back because the back is well defended by natural like uh, like a lake or something um so they they sneak around the back and they plan to like sneak through and through this we get like all these crazy images of just like weird aliens and and like a giant living whirlpool stuff and they travel for like apparently this is really funny because like nowadays you watch the show and the show takes place in the course of like you know a couple hours maybe depending on the episode this is like barbara ian and this expedition is traveling for three days because the attack is happening in three days so there's like all these all this time that we don't get to see because basically everyone's just walking places like it's the lord of the rings um (laughs) Um, so, so I, I, think that's interesting. Like, it's weird how like you have this weird sense of time with some of these stories, how like this one, this, this story, the Daleks like, takes place over the course of like five days, which like you wouldn't see in most stories from now. Um, even, even, you know, some of the later, even just later stories happened over the course of, you know, like an hour or something. Um, so let's see. So they're, they're hanging out. And they, um, and one of the one of the Thalls, I don't remember his name. He's basically a red shirt. Um, he get, he go, he goes and sleeps near a lake and gets swallowed by this giant living whirlpool, and that's basically where the episode ends. Um, I also I also think it's really interesting. Did you notice that Barbara had Thall pants? <laughs> like did she? she? Yeah. Oh, go look. Go watch it again. She was totally wearing Thal pants for like episodes five through seven. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like it's so funny she's just like totally tr- they don't explain it like they just hanging out and Barbara's wearing fall pants maybe it's, that maybe that explains uh, ganatus's uh
0: obsession uh, infatuation with, with her, with her. <laughs> is like they like maybe they maybe they had a, a little, uh, little fun time yeah a little, little, little fun time and he's <laughs> he's like I've uh, sorry about
1: ripping your pants earlier uh, here are some fall pants I like <laughs> them <laughs> so you're like, oh, this is weird. Um <laughs> Needless to say, just as a spoiler for the rest of the episode, Ganitas and Barbara have this really weird moment coming up that I went, What the frack the first time? Like I couldn't believe it. I was like, Madman Nation strikes again. Good lord. Um <laughs> I never I n- it never ceases to amaze me, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um so basically he gets sucked into a whirlpool and that's where it ends. Um in the sixth episode, uh we get to the sixth episode, it's called the ordeal. And basically, we start with this guy named Antidus, who's this really... Like, he is just panicked all the time. Like, he is like, I don't want to go into the cave. Don't make me go into the cave. I don't want to do this. Let's just go. Let's just die in the woods. And um, <laughs> rather than die in here. And so they head off for these caves. We start with Antidus, and we just like... And he's just freaked out. Um, and um, and so basically, this expedition... Uh, I'm just going to call them the expedition. Heads into the caves um and so then we get um the doctor and susan uh head into the city where i think they head with Aladdin um and they knock out uh, they go to knock out the tv and radio outputs for the dalek city so that the Daleks can't communicate or something um i don't i don't really remember why they did this but i guess the doctor doesn't like television is what is what it's trying to tell me because i don't know the doctor the doctor back in the day man like he he doesn't like a lot of things like if you watch The War Machines like basically the plot of The War Machines is this evil computer that's trying to link with all the other computers which is basically mm-hmm. all the internet is and the doctor will just like go out and be like no kill the, kill this computer and like this sort of this sort of story happens like 3 times in the classic series one of which we'll talk about very in, in a couple weeks um Called the Green Death, which I think is actually really a really great story um, for a lot of reasons, but th- that also has like the same plot where the Doctor's just like kill the internet. I don't want it. No, B- bad internet. And so I-, I guess I guess the Doctor knocks out these signals because he doesn't like um, uh, TV or radio. I don't. I don't really know. He's. He, I'm going to be honest. It's hard and all. Technology probably scares the crap out of him, so I mean, he's just no. He does, but
0: but he really likes his food machine.
1: Oh, he loves the food. He loves that food machine. <laughs> he just
0: he's you know the uh, like thinking back on that scene, it reminds me of like just like that the old person who's just like I got a I got one of those computers. Do you want to you want to check this out? Like, look look what it does. Like I move this this thing called a mouse. He's just like that's that's sort of the 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 kind of uh, the way he's showing it off he's just like well let me tell you about this food machine I've got this catalog and uh, what, are you, what are you in the mood for what are you in the mood for bacon Come into eggs? my eggs I got yeah. that <laughs> that's that's what what he does. he's just like this old man that's just like way too proud of this new technology he just bought
1: <laughs> <laughs> gotta show it off man I'm, yeah. I'm gonna be honest though if I had a food machine like that I would show it off all the time Oh yeah,
0: I would oh. I would get a whole full on Willy Wonka outfit whenever oh, I yeah.
1: <laughs> You go or you show up at work and you're just like you're just like, Hey guys, how's it going? And they're just like, Why are you wearing that? You're like, I just bought a food machine. You wanna come over and check it out?
0: <laughs> they're like, No, not
1: at all. <laughs> <laughs> what are you in the mood for? I said no. Creepy. <laughs> um, gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay back to the story uh so the doctor and susan i'm going to jump ahead a bit in the episode because really this is just going to wrap up their story really quickly but the doctor and susan try to take out the daleks power supply um and the tv radio outputs and they managed to but are captured in the process uh continuing the long-standing doctor who tradition of companions and doctors getting captured by the evil people um which <laughs> we'll see a lot of just as we go through some of these stories um uh, the best ones are when they are never captured, but like you watch something like Frontier in Space, and the Doctor and Joe are captured something like ten times in the first half of the episode. Like it's ridiculous. It's 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 just completely obscene. Um. So, anyways, the Doctor and Susan are captured and they're taken into the um into the Dalek city and taken captive by the doc the Daleks again. But then we get to what I like to call the Thal splunking sequence, where the Thals <laughs> basically go and they're like, let's go. The Thals, Barbara and Ian, basically you find this cave, this uncharted cave, and they're like, well, we have two and a half days. Instead of actually doing what we're supposed to be doing by crossing a lake full of dangerous creatures, let's just, you know, let's go cave exploring and hope that this works out. Which, admittedly, is a terrible plan, as we're about to see. Because as they're crawling through these caves, exploring different sections, and and um, uh, Barbara meets, uh, hangs out with Ganados, and and she She, she. Uh, <laughs> there's this part where like Ganados is like they get to like an, a dead end, but there's like a rock like opening, and then Ganetus is like, "Here, I'm gonna climb down there using this rope. Uh, you tie this rope to something." And, um, and, and we'll just, I'll climb down. And so Barbara ties the rope to this rock and I don't know what kind of knot Barbara used, but my goodness, like no one in this like spelunking party has any sort of like rock climbing experience or rope safety training. Like none of that. Like it's, it's pretty bad. Like I was watching this and I was just like, Oh my goodness. Like have some, have some concerns of safety, have a spotter, have, you know, (laughs) like have some tie a good knot. What did you tie a granny knot? No, no square knots, clove hitches, all this stuff, slip knots. No, no bad idea. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I was watching this and like, again, needless to say, ganodus falls because Barbara doesn't know how to tie a good, tie a good rope, rope, knot. um, and no one's wearing any gloves, so Ganatius falls, and they find a. They find out that oh, this looks like a good path, so let's explore this path, which also terrible idea. Like, let's just go on wild tangents in these caves. Well, we have a deadline to meet, because you know, let's be honest, if these guys don't make it into the Dalek city, the other people's plan is gonna fail. Um But <laughs> never mind, we're spelunking, we're Thal spelunking. Um, so <laughs> they head into the. They keep heading through this thing, and. And Antidus is still freaking the frack out, and they're like, like, let's just go back. Let's not do this. He talks to like Ganitas and he's like, let's just let's just go, dude. Like, I have my car. I have I have some sweet eight tracks. Let's just let's just leave. And Ganadus is like, What are you stupid? We're not doing that. And, and Antidus is like, Alright, fine, suit yourself. And so as he heads as he starts to go back, there's a cave in and it's really bad. And so basically they can't even turn around now, which is why this was a bad idea in the first place. Um but then they keep traveling, and I don't know how in the world they have any idea in which direction they're going. It's not like they have compasses. They have like one flashlight, which, granted, they call it a torch, but you know, that's England for you. Um, sorry, English <laughs> listeners. Um, they, they have like one flashlight, and they're they like, the, Ian finds this chasm, and it's like, it's, you know, it's a couple feet across. Um, it's not, you know, like Grand Canyon, but you know, it's, it's some, it's some distance and, um, there's no bottom in sight and they're like, okay, well, um, we got to keep going this way uh, Never mind how they know that they have to keep going in this way or if this is actually going to pan out as a cave. Um, but they're like, let's just, let's just see what happens. So Ian ties a rope around his waist and gets a thaw to hold on to the other end. it's like, it's like, all right, I'm gonna jump. And you're just like, no, dude, this is a really, really bad idea. I've thought it every time I've seen this show, but, you know, my goodness, terrible idea. Don't do it. But Ian does it, and he lands, and it's okay. But, um, so basically, Ian, uh, lands on the other side of this chasm, and he explores the, um, he explores it, and he sees that there is a way, um, to another section of the cave, of these, you know, caverns, and I'm I'm pointing out like this isn't just like one cave. This is like they're crawling through a mountain. Okay, like this is not you know some small thing. So <laughs> Ian's like, well, we could keep going this way. Um, so they they keep crawling through this uh, cavern, and Ian finds this place, and he's like, okay, so we're gonna cross this thing. We're just gonna jump across. Which is, you know, okay, fine, you're going to jump across, that's great, but uh, how do you plan to do this? Well, Ian's on the, um, let's just call it the left side, and uh, the, all the Thals, which are, I think there are three at this point, three Thals, um, Ganetis Antidus, and the other one, probably some Greek, ancient Greek sounding name, because that's Terranation for you, um, <laughs> are hanging out on the one side with Barbara, and they're like, okay, well we have to cross this thing. <laughs> so, so Ganatas goes first, and Ganatas is really strong and really, really, you know, willful. So he just jumps, and he jumps across no problem. Now, how does he, how does he jump across? Well, they tie one end of the rope to Ganatas, and Ganatas is on the right side, and the other side of the rope they give to Ian. And Ian ties the other side around his waist, and there are no <laughs> spotters, and it's a really, like, come on, like, even, come on. Don't know. This is really a bad idea. Like, if Ganitus falls. Ian's screwed. Like, Ian's totally screwed. It's not like there's another person to help Ian get up. It's not like anyone is over around on that side or anyone can help Ganit. It's like, come on. Like, tie it. Help tie it to a rock. No one's wearing any gloves. It's just this is a bad recipe for bad, as we are about to see. Um. So basically. Um, they keep doing I feel like
0: this... this scene is probably responsible for the unfortunate deaths of some British children. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> there should have been, like, a public service announcement saying, like, if you're gonna go, like, you know, like, the doctor comes on and is like, hey, kids, don't do this. This is a really bad idea. But no, Ian apparently has no rope training. No one is doing anything right in this sequence. Now, I remember the first time I saw this, I was like, what? Because this is, this is, like, I'm not joking when I say that this is, like, half the episode is this chasm um uh-huh. it's, oh, it's it's obscene and like again th- <laughs> don't do it like I, anyone knows anyone who's ever been i've never you know i've i've been rock climbing in like rock climbing gyms i mean i went to some like for birthdays back in middle school like even then there was like a dude with a carabiner and like he was strong and had chalk on his hands and he knew what he was doing, and he had like gloves and stuff. Ian is just like dude in a cardigan with like with like this rope tied around his waist, and like. Ba- Anyways, that's a bad idea. So um, Barbara jumps across, no problem, and then they throw the rope back, and all that's left is Antidis and this as an as a na- as of yet unnamed um, Thal guy. I'm sure they give his name, but I, I'm going to be honest with you, he has no rules, so I really don't care. Chris um, Christus, he's, he's, yeah, like, probably Christus. <laughs> Christus That's, yeah Chris. that sounds right um anyway so Christus hands the rope to Antidus and Antidus is like no you you go first and Antidus is still just like what brought me to this point so Christus jumps across <laughs> and he manages to he manages to do just fine um so then Ian throws the rope to to Antidus and <laughs> Antidus just looks down at the chasm while Ian throws the rope and the rope just hits him and falls and Ian's just like hey you hear? And Antonis is like, what? And Ian's like, catch the rope this time. And I'm going to be honest with you. If, if I'm Ian at this point, I'm like, screw it. I'm not doing this for you, bro. It, you, you can just, you can just hang out and not be here. Cause I don't, I don't have to put my life on the line like this for you. I so... love this scene because I, I, I love when he
0: throws it again and it just like, it just hits him in the face. <laughs>
1: And he's like, and he like catches it out of boredom. Like, I guess I should catch it. And then he like ties it to his waist. And like again, I'm I'm also saying that it's not like a slow jump. Like this is a running jump that these guys are taking from like a couple feet away. So okay, Ganat puts on this rope, also tying it around his waist, which is totally not a bad idea. Um, and he makes a run for it, and he jumps, but um, he he falls, which was was bound to happen let's be honest this was this was ian and everyone tempting fate and um (laughs) ian ian starts to fall and he screams and and Antidus screams and and ganadus like runs like tries to get around the cliff face because there's like a cliff face where everyone else is hanging out and they're trying to get to ian and ian's literally holding on by his fingertips and that's where we end the episode but like my goodness kids just learn some rope safety Don't, don't 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 be like ian don't be like Ian because like really your answer to the question is a terrible answer to how Ian gets out of this problem. And Scott, how does Ian, ca- how does Ian get out of this problem?
0: I want to be okay. honest with you. Your friends
1: don't necess- won't necessarily do this for you. Just, you can't rely on that.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, and this is like <laughs> basically dragging Ian. And so he just, he's just like, okay, well, See ya. <laughs> and he cuts the <laughs> rope and dies,
1: <laughs> which is like. It, first of all, let's just put the, get this out of the way right off the bat. It's pretty dark as an ending, just to say that like Antidis, you know, Antidis cuts the rope and falls, and like that's that's a pretty dark ending to kill someone like that. Like that's a really dark ending. Um, but, <laughs> but at the same time, you come on, man. Maybe if you had given all your all to this jump that you clearly didn't care about. None of this would have happened. Um, 30 seconds ago, you were just like, what? Is that a rope? Get that out of my face. (laughs) I don't need a rope. And apparently you didn't because you cut it. Um, Anyways. I'm sorry. I just. I just. It's what goes around comes around, dudes. What goes for around record, comes
0: around. For, for the record, um I, I guess I can assu- I think we can assume that this whole rope thing is in fact the ordeal
1: yeah. for namesake <laughs> of chapter six. <laughs> yeah. Like it's 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 uh oh, yeah, it's not yeah. And like not only that, like again, going like the chasm thing is one thing, but going back and rewatching this, I had completely forgotten that Barbara did that thing with the rope, and it's just, like, maybe if you guys had learned from that mistake, but no, let's just tie a rope around Ian's waist and see how it goes, and, and <laughs> nope, like, not only that, but, like, Ganadis just goes out and hangs out in the other part of the cavern, like, Ganadis is this pretty ripped dude who Barbara's totally into, you can kind of tell, but, like, come on, like, at least spot Ian, like, at least spot him, like, be there... Just in case something like this happens. Because, yeah.
0: Well, little do you know, if the visual companion went back as far as Ian, there would be a point pointed at his waist that would say...
1: Perfect balance. <laughs> perfect
0: perfect balance.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Super strength.
1: <laughs> perfect for spelunking. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah don't 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 go spelunking the doctor who way learn from ian kids i'm i'm gonna throw out that public service announcement now um so anyway so uh, the guy falls and they're like oh well that that sucks um and and then they just like okay well let's keep going so they go and they find another cavern and then the light goes out um and then um after that uh They're like, well, wait, there's another light. I don't really know how they get out of this cave. They don't really explain it. It's one of those things where Terry Nation was just like, and then they go into a cave. And how do they get out? Well, the cave led to the Dalek City. and We don't need to show that. Never mind. (laughs) Then they just kind of, because the next thing you know, Barbara, Ian, Ganatis, and Christos, I guess, um, are all hanging out in the city. And the Dalek attack is happening. Now, while this is all going on, the Daleks have planned to, um, set off a neutron bomb. But the neutron bomb, which is, again, dark, um, this neutron bomb would take 23 days to get ready. So instead, they're just going to overload some, like, nuclear generators and just spew radiation into the, um, into the atmosphere. Which is, like, like, that's, that's, that's such a dick move. Like, Let's just let's just fire pollution, like apparently Daleks don't give a crap about like. Environmentalist anything? They're like global warming, yes, sir. Like they. Then again, Dalek casings are probably air conditioned, so it doesn't really matter. Um, so they're just like it's hot, whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would have been that, would have, that. really would have been the greatest line in the episode. Is if when Ian was in the Dalek he's like, "They're like, you okay in there? Yeah, it's fine. There's AC in here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's AC. I got a plate. Of, there's some milk. I don't know where it came from. I don't know if I want to drink it, but it's here in case I get thirsty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's got everything. There's even a pillow, and the seat is padded. Like, wow, this is a good. I think good there's move. cable. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where it comes from, but but man, what's on? Daleks of our lives? No, thank you. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, so they're they're basically in the city, and the Daleks um, are planning to overload this generator and spew radiation into the, into the atmosphere, which is going to be super lethal and going to kill everyone. So they um they decide. Uh, they start counting down, and basically what we get for the rest of the episode is a Dalek countdown while the Thals attempt to um, uh, take out the Daleks. And I'm going to YouTube this just because I find it awesome um, and hilarious, but also awesome because, like, again, Terry Nation is doing everything with the Daleks because basically they, the Daleks start sealing off hallways, and and Barbara, Ian, and the other Thals are trying to get to the control center, and and they're having to pull open doors and do all this other crazy stuff. But basically the Daleks, the Thals and everyone managed to break into the Dalek control center as the Daleks are counting down. And what follows is basically a war between like a bunch of Thals and like four Daleks. And you have to like, again, most of this old stuff is a lot about imagination and you have to like, you have to kind of deal with their budgetary limitations and say, okay, well, they at least tried to pull something off. Um, like Verity Lambert, when she was watching Doomsday for the first time, said, uh, "Saw like all the Daleks flying across the city," and said, "Oh, we never could have done that." And Russell T Davies said something along the lines of, um, "Oh, but you imagined it, which is just as good." Which I think is a really great line. I think he talks about that in the writer's uh, the writer's tale, which I know you're reading right now. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a really it's a great it's a great it sums everything up. Like you, you you have to watch this with a great – you have to take everything with a grain of salt and say. This is a big epic Dalek and Thal fight, the final fight between all of them. And and there's like four Daleks, like and a bunch of thals. And basically, all that happens in this season in this sorry, not this season, this episode for this fight is, and you'll see it on the YouTube, like it's just a couple people throwing a bunch of rocks at Daleks and someone goes on and jumps on, like I know Ian jumps on a Dalek and they ride it around until it falls over and it's like pretty crazy. They manage to rescue the Doctor and Susan and the, the it really,
0: do- he, It's very, very reminiscent to the, the, uh, the Ewoks taking on oh, the at so, oh, yeah. AT-ATs.
1: yeah. And there's, like, and like Chewbacca swings in and, like, kicks a Dalek and stuff. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty messed up. Um, but, yeah, like, in the course of all this stuff, like, a bunch of Thals die, and the Doctor somehow manages to defeat the Daleks and shut off their power, um, which is reminiscent of another Doctor Who story, which is one of my favorites, called Power of the Daleks. Um, and... Um basically so the Daleks are defeated, and um that's 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 basically it for them. Um although there is a great line that I actually wrote down because I thought it was just so good, because it's reminiscent of another line Peter Davison says later in a story called Warriors of the Deep, when after the carnage of that story, in which basically, spoilers, everyone dies. Every Silurian, every Sea Devil, every crew member, everyone except for the Doctor, his two companions, Tegan and Turlo, and um one other person. All of them, everyone dies. And the Doctor, at the end of the story, just looks around and in just, like, again, Peter Davison is one of my favorite, and it's one of my favorite lines he's ever said. He just looks at them, and his he's been beat to crap, um, and just looks looks around at all this carnage, and he just says, there should have been another way. And it's just this really gorgeous moment of just, like, everything the Doctor ever stands for. Mm-hmm. Um, but it. in this case, uh, Aladon, who, if you forgot, was the Thal leader... Um, comes in and says to Susan at the very end, if only there had been some other way, which is, you know, it's reminiscent of a story that happens some 20 years later, but the story is still the same. The story is about all the carnage that happens, and the Doctor has to fight it, and there should have been another way, but there wasn't. Um, Which I think is a really interesting poignant sort of thought, uh, despite the fact that it comes from Mad Men Nation. but even then, like, Terry Nation, I love him, um, because he's a bit crazy. Um, so basically, that's it. Um, and then we get uh, some wrap up at the um, in the forest near the TARDIS, and everyone's like, "Okay, we can finally leave." They rescue the the fluid link from the evil Daleks, and everyone gets in the TARDIS, and they're like, "Okay, well, bye. Have fun uh, building off of technology and not blowing yourselves up again." And then, e- <laughs> and then Barbara and Gallanidas are hanging out outside the TARDIS, like you know, like a teenage couple outside like a, a house. And Susan's like, come on, let's go. And and Ganetus is like, okay. And Barbara's still wearing thaw pants. And she's and and she...
0: like, here's a blanket. And she's yeah. like, let's
1: make out. Yeah. yeah, basically that's what happens. Like, Ganetus kisses her hand, which is, you know, that's cute. And then Barbara just, like, full-on just kisses him. And it's just like, Barbara is getting her freak on. Like, <laughs> I meant it. This is, I, like, again. I,
0: seriously, I'm still, I, I think I think the more that I think about it, the more I think... They really, I think they had some alone time. They must have point in this, and that's what the blanket is. He's like, this is the blanket that we made love on.
1: <laughs> sweet, sweet love, and and Ian's just like, I don't know, no, 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 no. Because again, I like, I love Ian and Barbara. I think that Ian and Barbara, you know, forever. Um, I don't, Really quickly, did you see the um, Matt Smith Sarah Jane adventure? Yeah. Okay, because when they said Barbara and Ian Chesterton, who have never aged in that story, I went awesome. I thought that was so great. Um, mm-hmm. But I love Barbara and Ian, so um, the fact that the thought that he, that Barbara just got freaky with some native is always entertaining to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was entertaining the first time. It's entertaining this time. Um, so basically, they get in the TARDIS and they fly away and everyone's hanging out in the control room and then there's an explosion. Um, and then we get a really nice cliffhanger to the next story, um, as with all Hartnell stories, um, of the next story, which is called The Edge of Destruction, which we on, on this podcast aren't talking about for a very long time. Um, but if you go watch that one, it's actually really, really good. It's only like two episodes. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's, that's the Daleks for you after like an hour of talking, which actually, not not awful, not awful. Good stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, so so, what did you think overall of this story? Um.
0: Well, you know, I mean, we've been sort of talking about it as I as I, we went along, and I I um I really liked how it feels like an old serial. Yeah. Uh, more so than than later episodes. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I I love that about it, and I. But I do think that the uh, the spelunking sequence went on a little too long. <laughs> yes i think this could have easily been a four part story
1: uh um, yes especially when you get to like the fact that basically the entire first episode is just like they walk out of the tardis they see something they walk back into the tardis they hang out they eat some food they walk back out and then they head to the city like that's that's all that happens um and i remember i remember this was the first story i watched um of the classic series and i was i was just watching it and like uh it's i don't know if it's necessarily the best first story to watch but if you can get through this story, you can pretty much get through any of them. Cause, yeah, it's 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 long in places. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I uh, I sat down and I watched this like all at once on a Saturday morning, which is the best time to watch old Doctor Who episodes. I really, think. I don't it's... I don't think
1: I've done that yet. So I, I should do that oh. for one of the upcoming S- stories. Saturday morning with cereal. Awesome. Oh, oh, awesome. now I now I gotta do that. <laughs>
0: It's absolutely the best time to watch classic Doctor
1: Who. We get some Captain um, crunch or something.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Lucky Charms was my choice. But, oh, that's a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it, I think I was in the perfect setting for it, and mm-hmm. I, I, I love the look of the Dalek City. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I love that too. Yeah. How it's like very much, uh, uh, kind of. Uh, how how do I explain this? Um, the. Fifties, sixties idea of the future. Yeah, you know, and um, clearly you know, like
1: a all... model, very like clearly a miniature.
0: Oh yeah, but I love miniatures. Love oh it. yeah, love yeah. it to pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish more movies and shows still use that rather than CGI. Honestly,
1: uh, yeah, um, I would agree with that. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing like practical effects, in my opinion. Nothing. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Even if they make it, even if it looks cheesy, you know, it mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Like I, I there's just so much. So much more heart in it, I think, mm-hmm. than a lot of CGI. But anyway, um, yeah, I, uh, I I I really liked the episode overall, and I thought um, like a couple of of iconic moments, like one being um, you know with with the Doctor's first uh, you know walking out of that room and seeing all the all the Daleks surrounding mm-hmm. him and uh, him and Susan, which I love that too because I love that they they're like bickering. Mm-hmm. as the as the daleks are like surrounding them like they're just like they're like oh yeah these robot things are coming but Susan, in you you're doing something stupid not pissed <laughs> off about it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, i i love that and i love uh the first time that we hear a dalek say exterminate that oh, was yeah. that was awesome episode 4 know.
1: i think i didn't mention it but um it, it, that's weird cuz like you you like nowadays you can't have a Dalek show up without it saying exterminate but like back in the old days like Terry Nation had a very different idea of like what the Dalek should have said which is I obey um if you if you watch like a bunch of Daleks will always be like I obey um and they don't really say exterminate they say it one time um they said actually I think a couple times but it took a while for that to catch on but you're, you're totally right about that I totally forgot to mention that um but yeah
0: yeah I, I, I love that I kept wondering if they would end up saying it in this first first adventure because mm-hmm. like, maybe it wasn't a thing at the beginning but there mm-hmm. it was and I was like awesome yeah. um, and it's just it's so funny because when you watch it too it's It's just so not a big deal, whereas, like, on the new show, any time, like, the show hasn't had a a Dalek in a while, the Mm -hmm. first time they say exterminate, it's, like, big and dramatic, and the camera's swooping, and it's, like, awesome music, and they're like, it said exterminate, everybody applaud. Yeah. Um, But, but, like, on here, it's just, like, exterminate, and it's just like, yeah, what? That's what we do.
1: (laughs) Well, not only that, but that also brings up the really great point that, like, Terry Nation, and he he's said this before, like, he was, no one was expecting this to be as popular as it was. But this, like, again, this story took off for Doctor Who. Like, this is the one that made it, like, the big, the big Doctor Who thing that it was. And the, the reason Terry Nation kills him off at the end is because, like, they, like, they're just Freak of the Week villains. Like, they're just, you know evil aliens that show up one time, they torment the Doctor, and then you never hear from them again. Um, It's only with their popularity that they come back again, and I really like that, in a lot of ways, this is one of the final Dalek stories. Like, the Daleks are defeated, and the next time the Daleks appear in the show, it's the Dalek invasion of Earth, and they invade Earth in the year 2164, and when they invade Earth, um, it's, you know, millions of years before this story even happened, and yet um, the Daleks are still hanging out in... You know, attacking these things, and I really, I really like that about this story because it it lets them, it lets Terri Nation do anything he wants, as opposed to, uh, say, Genesis of the Daleks, which, granted, he does everything with Davros in that story, because um, it's the perfect, it's the best Davros story I've ever seen. Nothing has ever come close. Um, actually, that's a lie, but that's that's a really good one. Um, the Davros <laughs> uh, Big Finish audio, if you haven't heard it, is fantastic. It's so good. Um but it's, it's really like, it's, you know, it's the final Dalek story. You can watch this. And if you only saw this story, you'd be like, well, the Daleks never showed up again. And you wouldn't be surprised. Like, but the fact that they do come back and they do, they did hit so palpably is I think a really interesting thing about this, um, story. Yeah.
0: I mean, they, they just, they, they just look so iconic, like right from the get go. Oh yeah. Um, and I, I think that's a big part of it is their design is just so perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but instantly recognizable type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, no, I, I really I had a lot of fun watching this. Um, mm-hmm. definitely. And and it's it's just unfortunate that it's seven parts.
1: Yeah. That well that's my thing. It's like whenever I think about the story, I I always forget the opening four parts, which are, you know, more or less pretty good. Um, but you know, when, once you get into, like, episodes five and six when it's just fall politics and, and episode six, which is just about a chasm and let's let's teach rope safety to kids, um, it, it really just does stick out in my head. And it just shows you that, you know, do, Doctor, there's a bunch of stories that we're going to talk about that don't need to be as long as they are. Very rarely do you, you come up against stories that are, you know, uh, more than four parts and of perfect length. Um, but the ones that are longer than four parts and are perfect length are fantastic. Always. Um, this is not one of them.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I, uh, but yeah, this, this was, this was good. And I, I, I can't wait for some trout next week.
1: Oh man. Cause, uh, next week, I guess we should intro that. Uh, next week we're watching a story called the invasion, um, which is a great Cybermen story. Um, cause Troughton, uh, Patrick Troughton, the second doctor is a, um, He's one of my favorites. I think he's just a genius. Um, and The Invasion was my first uh, Troughton story as well. Um, How many parts is it? It's eight parts. Eight parts. Yeah, so it's cool. it's longer than this one. But again, I don't really give a crap because it's so much fun. And it's right, and right. it's got one of the best villains of the classic series in Tobias Vaughn, who's this really fantastic I Have Seizures guy. It's, it's pretty fantastic.
0: Alright, well, um, let's see before we wrap up, I want to remind everybody that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com, a DCBS site that lets you order all your monthly comic book statues action figures, and anything else you can get from your local comic book shop, you place your orders three months in advance, with monthly discount specials up to 75% off this month with Dean Koontz Nevermore number one for 99 cents and regular discounts of 40% off plus, pre-order your collected editions and save 50% off, ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you you like and you only pay five ninety five flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com dot um, So so yeah, next week's the invasion, uh, and then also coming out this week on uh, GeekShowEntertainment dot we've got um, Geekin, and then Geekin Extra is going to be our look at our. Uh, we're doing uh, sort of uh, Book of the Month makeups because uh, we haven't Been able to do any um, with John in a while Because he had those technical difficulties mm-hmm. But uh, this week is Why the Last Man Volume 2 oh, on the hardcover so that's, so that's, I think it's issues 11 through Like 22 or something like that Yeah, um, sounds right And then uh, Movie Night at Geek Show uh, Last week we had Dear Zachary um, Which was my pick, this week is going to be Career Opportunities uh, Which is a uh, John Hughes written film about a guy who gets uh, uh locks himself up in, in in a Super Target in in like the early 90s and then it gets robbed so it's like home alone in a retail store That sounds um,
1: fantastic. I love John <laughs> Hughes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, bo- both of those you can get on uh, Netflix Instant Streaming, so uh, check those out and, and listen to uh, Movie Night at Geek Show. And then uh, finally, go to the website, com. tell us what you thought about this episode, all the episodes that we, that we post regularly on the site, and articles and things like that. Um, and then you can also, uh, if you want, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can listen to all, <laughs> Matt and I's ridiculous conversations that we have on Twitter um, such as, uh, <laughs> alternate, alternate universe, Adric. Adric. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can follow me on twitter.com slash Scott Corelli.
1: And I'm twitter.com slash, Gungadin. And, uh, do you mind if I plug my blog real quick? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, uh, my blog uh, is classical uh, I review a classic story a week. I put screen caps and YouTubes and all that stuff. It's kind of like this, but with a little bit less recap, a little bit more commentary, Uh, I'm working on a Tom Baker story called The Invasion of Time right now, and oh my god, is this going to be a fantastic story of uh, my discussion of this one, because, I mean, we were talking about this before we were recording, but it's got some really weird choices, and it's... (laughs) So So, I'm reviewing uh, uh, Invasion of Time. You can catch that at classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com if you find me funny. I have a bunch of old stuff, including stuff that we're going to discuss Um Also, if you want to get ahead on what we're talking about now, we're talking about um, Invasion next week, and then the Silurians, which is a John Pertwee story, which is also seven parts. Why why are they so long? Um, And then we're doing uh, Genesis (laughs) of the... Hey, you picked
0: them. (laughs) I did.
1: I did pick them. But, you know, we got got to talk about units, and we got to talk about Pertwee. Um, And then we're talking about uh, Tom Baker's Genesis of the Daleks, which, um, again, I'm not going to say you should watch all of these, um, but Genesis of the Daleks is you've seen it, I'm pretty sure, I think we talked about it on Twitter, is fantastic. It is so good. When I, I remember when I first watched it, I was, I didn't really know what to think. Um, And I was watching it for the blog and I had to watch it because I was recapping at that point. And I would just start an episode and I would just get to the end of the story because I was putting it on my iPod at the time and I was at work and, so I just put it on. So I've seen that story like twelve times at this point, and I don't give a crap because it's so good, and I'm really excited to rewatch that one. Um, so everyone who's listening should rewatch that one because should go watch it because it is fantastic. It is really great. Um, so yeah, it is. It is go. definitely. Um, and then
0: and then after that we've got Castro Volva from. Uh, Peter Davison, because we're doing something interesting with Peter Davison, whereas, mm-hmm. whereas we're we're popcorning everybody else. But his uh, his run on the show we're doing in uh, continuity. Yes,
1: so. well that's be- that's because if you if you watch all of Davison and then get to like his final story, you really understand why that story is so good. Which is, mm-hmm. it's the caves of Androzani, and it is. I mean, I know a bunch of people. I know people have called it overrated. I know the the discontinuity guide, which if you guys don't have, you should get, because it's really fantastic, by uh, Paul Cornell, ET All, Um, called it overrated. But I recently watched that thing, and I watched it, like, two days before Christmas. And since then, the only, I I mean, I've blogged since then, so I've watched some, but the only story I've watched since then was The Daleks. Like, it literally kicked my ass for, like, two weeks. Um, And, like, it's just impossibly good. So that's why we're doing Davison in order, um, and then, so which
0: means we'll actually be ending our entire run yeah. with Caves of Androzani. Yeah, uh,
1: which and and like I know it takes a while, but like uh, and like anyone, pretty much anyone can pick it up. Like I know you haven't seen a, a bunch of Davison, but you can pick it up and just love it as a story. But if you watch all of Davison in order, or most of it, and you understand why that story is so good and has. So many great moments. Like if you if you wanted to watch a, a Doctor in order, he's the Doctor to watch in order, which is why we're watching him in order. Um, and then so after that, just to run through what else we're talking about, we're talking about Colin Baker's uh, vengeance on Varys, which is oh, yeah, I've seen that one. God, oh, that story. That yeah, that's oh, a painful story. But we're talking about it because of all the places in Tom Baker or Colin Baker. It's it's really probably the best place to start, as awful as that sounds. Um, and then for Sylvester McCoy, we're watching Battlefield, which is a really a really excellent kind of surprising story. Um, I, it surprised me the first time I watched it. I thought it was going to be pretty weak, and it ended up really surprising me. Um, then we're watching the TV movie with Paul McGann, which is totally worth discussion. Uh, and then we're, that's
0: going to be a fun one. Oh I man. I can't wait to get to that one. <laughs> I could, I could
1: spend an hour on the first five minutes of that story. Um, <laughs> yeah. cause it's, it's just like you do everything wrong in the first five minutes. It's amazing. Um, yeah. and then I think we're also doing a new, the new more recent series. Actually, we, we, I, we got the go ahead to go do that. from I, or I got the go ahead from Scott. To, we, we're going to talk about that. So we're going to talk about Eccleston, uh, and Tennant. Um, we're starting with End of the World for Eccleston because we're going to keep popcorning and we're talking about uh, Smith and Jones for uh, David Tennant which I think is really exciting and then after that we'll we'll just keep you updated because I, I again I made a whole list I was really bored at work and it took me a while but I made a whole list um, so I know exactly what order we're doing it in um, and Scott knows and I got. I already 200 got two a... hundred episodes. Oh god, so much story. Not even. It's going to be more though, because cause we're covering trial of a time lord and trial of a time lord is going to take four parts. Because oh man, but trial of a time Lord's pretty great. Um, Plus,
0: just for uh, just for funsies, we might we might pop a uh, a uh, big finish audio, big finish audio in there every once in a while. Yeah. Oh man, especially especially from uh, from Paul McGann's era.
1: Yeah, we we could totally talk about those. Um, they're not slated currently, but we could, um, I know we're talking about Shada in context of Palm again, because, Oh, you have to talk about Shada. Um, but yeah, so that's basically where we're going. And then we're popcorning it for the rest of the, for the rest of the series. We we have a lot of stuff on tap. We'll keep you apprised of the situation as to what's coming up. So if you want to listen to some of them or see some of them, um, you're more than welcome to check them out. Um, so yeah, that's what we have on tap for you guys. And it's going to be pretty good. I'm super excited. Um, I, I, know I had a lot of fun here, so thanks for thanks for getting together, with offering this to me, Scott. Because I, I had yeah. a blast. Um,
0: yeah, this is this. I, I can't wait to keep going. This is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, and hopefully, so you guys enjoyed it as well.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. right, guys, one down, 199 to go. Woot! woot.
0: <laughs> All right, we'll uh, we'll see. You guys. We'll talk to you guys next week with the invasion. Sounds good. All right, bye. bye.